Susanna, would you care to call the roll, please? Trustee Lugadinani? Present. Trustee Banerjee? Yes. Trustee Varney? Trustee Lawrence? We have a quorum. Okay, thank you. And um, uh, Trustee Lawrence had previously informed me that she would, would do her best but probably wouldn't be able to make it um, you know, may, maybe at the end of the session. So we'll, um, we'll struggle on without her. I was just commenting, it seems to be a lighter um, turnout than usual. So I was wondering, did we raise the pr ticket prices? Um, we changed the date. I see, we changed the date. Well, we didn't ask everyone else then. All right, very well. Um, so I think we have a very full agenda today. Um, but um, Mr. Cox has, has uh, told me we're going to get a lot of information and take it slow, and these are important matters, so looking forward to that. Um, the very first item is the um, approval of the minutes from the September 15th meeting, so if someone would care to, well, I'll move that we approve those. I second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. That passes. All right. Um, Let's talk about committee planning. And um, the, um, one other the one other thing I wanted to say is I had the chance to visit um, Hayward Wellness and Eastmont Wellness in the past month. And um, both were very interesting and, well, and um, very different, very different places. I appreciated the, um, you know, all the time that, um, uh, management and staff spent with me to get me somewhat educated. Um, I thought it was, I thought Hayward was very interesting, well in many ways, but um, the great thought that it had gone into a new center and um, the, and, and the, and the application of not only traditional Western medicine, but also um, non-traditional complementary medicine. Um, uh, it, it's it's rare, I, at least in my experience, that you see a dedicated acupuncture room in a medical clinic. Um, and uh, Eastmont, I really appreciated the opportunity I had to spend some time with um, a couple of nurse practitioners, and they really gave me a good under good view of um, what it's like. <laughs> you know what 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 their day to day lives are like, and um, and so I'm looking forward to going back and visiting both of those clinics in the future. So, um, let's talk about the planning calendar, and that's on page nine of this deck, and it's up on the screen. So, um, I was thinking November, uh, David, I think that this looks like a mighty full agenda, and I was thinking there's at least one other item that um, we should be discussing, which is uh, sources of revenue for the organization. So I think that we talk about revenue at a very high level, mm -hmm. yeah. but you know the you know kind of the nitty gritty of where it's coming from. What are the different funding sources? And I think it's especially important because about right. a third of our revenue is um, coming from supplemental funding. So yeah, if well, we could, let, let me suggest this. So yep. uh, in, in January we had, uh, which is right here on your, chart, I can't read it. 
Uh, we had, oh, I uh, see. Anticipated there we go. doing that, but we could move that up to okay. next month. We could uh, delay the pension education until January. And there, there are probably some items up here. <clears throat> so Alameda Health Partners, we do think we need to have, there's going to be a couple of uh, contractual approvals that are required to bring that company really to life. So we think we have to have that. Uh, we can delay better two and employee benefits to January. Um, the other important one is this financial plan and service line analytics. So we're now just bringing up two mm -hmm. new systems. And the, the financial planning module is very important. <clears throat> it's meant to work in concert with the results of the board's strategic planning process. Mm -hmm. And when we get to January, we're going to want the board to actually approve a strategic uh, financial plan. So we thought it would be timely for you to understand how it works and have a chance to ask questions about it in November so when we come back later, okay. uh, we can do that. And then we, we are trying to find time to get this um, service line analytical function, uh, a little bit of information about that, and that it actually is live as well. Uh, most of the rest of this we could probably delay. Uh, the permanent agreement may get, may get delayed. I know we're going to be talking about that. And um, we, we do think that this rehab care, uh, follow-up review on the rehab care contract is probably important to have, but we could delay Renoir to, so, to a later date. Okay. That sounds fair. Um, okay. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Given that we will be transitioning to a twice-a-month meeting for the whole board to do something, there, were, there are things out here that if it would elevated to the whole board level, a any of the financial plan review or the better two because it's so tied to the performance improvement, some of these, would those make sense to take it to the full board rather than doing it among the three of us? Like, ha ha, you know, if it's an education piece, then it seems better to bring it to an entire board. So, good point, Trustee, uh, to or not tomorrow, but Friday uh, during the retreat, um, uh, we're we're going to present to the board um, the proposed set of uh, topics that we were we were uh, um, uh, presenting to you to for your consideration, vetting, prioritizing for the year for the education uh, focused board meetings. Uh, we can certainly, if these aren't on there, and some of them may be actually, uh, we can add those to them and and decide whether it's appropriate for that forum or this forum and look at the scheduling and timing of that. So I'd be comfortable with that if you guys, if that would be your preference. Um, I think it's important to discuss it. It's not so critical where. Um, I, I do think that, um, I mean, one of the things, I was looking at the rehab care thing, and, and whether we, you know, not specific, I'm not thinking about that specifically, but um, I think one of the things that we're trying to do um, with David is just take the things that have come through for review and take a one-year look and ask, right. how are we doing? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what's, you know, what's the story? And that's, in my mind, that's something that's appropriate for the finance committee to, to do, just to drive that discipline. Mm -hmm. um, but there may be things that are better, that are big enough or momentous enough that we do it for the full board. Mm. And, and, and in yeah. some cases, uh, we may, just based on the subject, if we start here and you know, we dig into it, and you guys decide. You know, this is something that mm -hmm. your colleagues, the other trustees, should should yeah. hear about directly. Then we could all always do it in both places, mm -hmm. if that if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, all right. I, mean, I can imagine Alameda Health Partners if it's going to be a contract that you want to sign, or, or any of those 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 can come into committee and then be taken yeah. to the whole thing. But if it's more getting a sense of what this 
especially the finance pieces, it would yeah. be nice for uh, the review process and things yeah. to do it here, but also make time for the whole board. To oh, yeah, it. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay. All right, very well. Um, one other, I'll pose this question to the committee. We have nothing scheduled for December. Um, do we want to get something calendar just in case? And there's a lot of stuff. There's always seems to be a lot of stuff happening. I will be in France, so. Well, you can bring us yeah. with us, and we can have the meet. No, that'll be and, lovely. And I'd like to go with her. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay, so let's have the meeting in France. <laughs> so you uh, just uh, um, to to point out, uh, my understanding is that, uh, is that the board, the full board, doesn't have anything in December either. Okay. So point in fact, even if we were to have finance committee, if it was to say move action items, we'd still end up waiting till January for the full board. Uh, so we'll, I think we're we're operating on the the premise that there is nothing in December. So we're trying to uh, do our best to make sure that anything that's pressing in nature gets through in the November series of meetings, so that okay. you know we can well, survive to January. Why don't we ask the same question in November? Yes, that may um, be worth it. And. Uh, <laughs> You check into um, travel to France for the entire committee. Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to have a little fun here, folks. This is <laughs> levity is important. All right. Let's see. The Board of Supervisors Health Committee meetings. Um, so this is on page 10. I don't have a, a PowerPoint, but uh, we've been just been advised that the uh, the meeting next week on October 26 is canceled. So we would be. Is, um, is, that, is that true, County? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So we wouldn't be anticipating to next present on November 9th to the health committee. Okay. Okay. All right. And and typically we would be presenting um, financial results and <clears throat> metrics. Um, <clears throat> the uh, the agreement calls for us to uh, report on our ability to maintain compliance with the agreement, which we will, and we typically do provide some information on financial performance. Okay. And right. the, and the metrics report. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and um, please come. They're very, um, I, I go as much as I can. They're actually, we, we, even we when we're not on the agenda, they're very interesting. <laughs> actually, we're, we, so we, we worked on that, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, I think you'll, you'll, you'll notice a difference, and uh, offline I'll tell you a funny story about something to that effect. Okay. But, but yeah, okay. thank you for that. Thanks. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. So any other comments on tab two? Nope. Okay. Then okay, I so, will uh, be quiet and let's talk about the report. Okay. So um, <clears throat> we're now up to the operating reports. Um, <clears throat> I'm giving you a summary here and I'm going to give you an overview of uh, what we want to get done tonight. Um, and, and hang on uh, for just a moment. For the record, um, Trustee Lawrence has welcome. arrived. <laughs> Welcome. So let's start all from the beginning. No. Okay. So um, we're on page 11, uh, and you'll note from the, the PowerPoint, which I pr provided, that I've, I'm now annotating the items with page numbers, because I know sometimes it's, you want to go back and forth, and, and this will help you, uh, I think, very quickly uh, go to the page. And so what I'm going to do is kind of go through the agenda and, and, and talk about <clears throat> um, 
what we're trying to get accomplished tonight, and then we're going to go through the, the information in some detail. Uh, so the first thing you're going to receive is the CFO report starting on page 11. Uh, we're going to talk about August. We're going to review the metrics report, and you might recall from last month that we really didn't have time to look at it in any depth, but we, we have it back tonight for you to look at. And I'm going to give you an update on the September outlook because uh, although it's not in your package, I now have received the first draft of those. So, uh, And you might recall that the going into this budget, the committee said, gee, you know, at the end of the first quarter, tell us what happened because we want to know if, if we need to make adjustments to that. So I can, I can talk about that tonight. Uh, and then uh, Mr. Gravender is going to talk about uh, his report and some important uh, items regarding our long-term IT strategy. Hold on a second. It's okay. It's all right. Okay, it's all right. Just, okay, um, and then uh, we're going to go into some special reports. Now, these are these are fairly important items. So the first one are adjustments to our fiscal 2015 results. This is the fiscal year we just ended. There are uh, there's some new information that we've been we're waiting for, and there are other things that management has found. So these are not audit adjustments. These are things that in preparing for the audit, management has found, and uh, but some of them are quite significant. So we need to make sure that you understand what those are. Uh, then we're going to talk about <clears throat> um, our first quarter review of the budget and what we found there. And we're, we're kind of talking back and forth on whether we should make an actual adjustment to the budget. It's not actually necessary, but we do think that it's important for you to understand um, what variances are out there to the budget. Um, and then finally, we're going to have a, a discussion about the uh, county permanent agreement. And again, this is not being brought for approval. It's being brought for discussion because we want to make sure that the committee has the ability to fully understand it and ask questions and uh, understand its implications. Uh, then finally, we're going to have a, a quick review of the Angelica contract and then the uh, approval items. And again, although we got the budget up there for approval, we don't actually have to approve that. We do have three contracts. Uh, and then finally, uh, just kind of an interesting um, compliance newsletter, but what we thought you'd like to talk about or maybe ask questions about. Okay? All right. So let's get into the CFO report. And again, this is on starting on page 11. Um, <clears throat> so we have August statements. <clears throat> I'm going to give you a high level, and then I'm going to take you through some of the numbers. Uh, so at a very high level, uh, the volumes are at or above budget. With a couple of exceptions, we're seeing that deliveries and ambulatory visits are lagging, but our revenue yield is good through August. Uh, expenses are pretty good, but they're starting to creep up, and as we get to September, you'll see that they, they're creeped up a little bit more. Um, and uh, but, but through August, we're actually doing pretty well with an EBITDA margin uh, of 4.1 and an operating margin of 2.7, which is above budget at that point. Uh, I'm going to talk about the performance improvement initiatives a couple of slides later, but those are the revenue cycle and the Better 2 uh, program to give you a chance to ask questions about that. And then we're going to talk about September, uh, which is uh, profitable but a little bit below budget, and then uh, give you a summary of the uh, uh, Q1 uh, in total, which currently the, the forecast is that we're going to come in with an EBITDA margin of 3.6, which is a little bit lower than the 4.1 that we were at through August. So, um, and I'll kind of go through some of those um, some of those adjustments. So, okay. 
Yeah. Quickly define revenue yield. Revenue yield is the amount of revenue that we are recording based on the volume that we're seeing. So it's the <clears throat> it's the amount of revenue we think we're getting in based on volume. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, this is um, on pages 11 and 17. So 11 is the write-up and 17 is the actual financial statements. And what this is, this is the, uh, at a very high level, the um, operating performance of the organization through August. And so on the left, so what we have on the top is month-to-date actual budget variance, and then on the other side, year-to-date, which in this case is August. And then over here we have the prior year. So it gives us our comparative performance at a very high level for the entire, the entire system. So some of the important things here, uh, EBITDA margin. This is where we have the 4.1%. Last year we were at minus 3. Collection ratio on patient revenue and then on total, which includes reimbursement. And you can see that they're a little different here. So uh, year-to-date, 21.4% on our patient revenue. That's above budget. And then counting the supplemental reimbursement, 32%. So we're actually 1.7% ahead on our collection ratio, which is pretty good. A year ago, we were at 35, but we've had a rate increase since then, so we've seen it go down from 35 to 32. Another way of looking at revenue is our net operating revenue per adjusted patient day, which here it's 26.18. That's actually ahead of budget by $36, or 1.4%. Um, and then um, other indicators, these are basically volume indicators. Yes, Michelle? Uh, it affects the collection ratio because we had a um, <clears throat> um, we had an adjustment to market, so we actually increased our gross charges by about ten to twelve percent, but our net revenue didn't go up the same amount. So the the that changes the ratio because the denominator of the equation gets bigger than the numerator, and so that's kind of a normal thing that that's what happens. Uh, but we did think it was important at that point to get our pricing to market because it affects primarily uh, commercial payers who wind up in uh, trauma and ED. Okay. Um, and then um, down here are our um, productivity indicators. So paid full-time equivalents. This is important. So last year at this time, we had 3,937 full-time equivalents for the first two months. So it's a comparable period, we're down to 39.12. And then just for last month, or August, it was 38.91. So you can see it's kind of stepping down. And as a result, our ratios are good. So we had last year the FTs per AOB were 4.86, 4.32, and then 4.29. So those are pretty good trends. What was the target? Uh, the target is 4.38, and we're at 4.32. So we're just a little bit better than what we expected at this point. And importantly, our compensation ratio, and this is salaries, wages, benefits, and registry as the numerator divided by our total revenues. And you might recall that we've, we, we want this to be down around 60. Last year we were at 70. The budget was 67.4 and we're at 66.4. So we've made improvements. That's all good. 
Okay, now we're gonna go to, oh, and this is, um, now this is, I wanted to give you some expense detail. Uh, so this is the expenses, and again, this is on pages both 11 and 17. But what this is showing is that we're over budget by 1.8% for the month and 0.8% for the two months. So this is a little concerning. Uh, part, part of this is volume related. So this indicator here, um, <clears throat> expenses per adjusted patient day, sort of normalizes for volume. And what this is showing is that our average cost per adjusted day is 2547 compared to the budget of 2519. So we're just a little over, 1.1% over budget but down quite a bit from the prior year of 2800. So we're getting more efficient, we're a little bit over budget, but we're, we're relatively close. Uh, in terms of the, um, the variances, those are, those are here. If you go down this column, you can see the year-to-date variances. So we're under on total labor, under on benefits, over on registry by quite a bit. So this is an area we're looking at. And I'll talk a little bit about later, but right at the end of September, or during September, we implemented the um, new productivity management system. So the internal reports that we're getting on staffing are indicating that there's further improvements occurring in the last pay period in September. So when we get to September and then October, what we want to do is see further improvement in the, in the labor cost. But you can see that we do have some variances as we go down in uh, areas like... Um, I'm trying. I'm sorry, I can't read very well. I'm, I keep trying to increase the font size on these reports, but it's always hard to read. Uh, but we do have some, some variances. But in, in total, we're about a million dollars, 1.1 million over budget for the first two months. Not too bad. Yes, and so we're um, actually. Uh, so um, I'll just invite John up in case he wants to make some comments. But uh, we do have a variance committee that meets every month and goes through the variances and talks about these things that we, we've been going back and forth on, on those. So I don't Dave, want to put you on the spot, but I if you want to make comments, you can. One of the earlier things. Um, Dave, does uh, the, that the FTE is actually under budget, does that impact the greater use of registry in any way that the fact that, you know, we budgeted for 4.38, and I don't know in numbers what that means, 4.38 versus 4.29. Okay, so we actually include registry in the count of paid, F paid FTEs, I'm sorry. So um, they're all in there together. So we're actually below budget on paid FTEs. And the, um, the ratio, FTEs projected occupied bed, is a calculation that we do. It essentially takes the number of paid FTEs and divides it by uh, the, the adjusted census. Yes. I don't understand that. Okay. Okay. So if you, um, let's see. Um, essentially, we count everybody in total paid FTEs. Okay. So full time employees, part time employees, and registry are all in this count right there. And we are slightly ahead of budget at this point yeah. in terms of bodies. But now. we break out registry. So, for instance, on the inpatient nurse. Oh, so the FTEs are lower. 
Right. The registry is higher. And right. So, mm -hmm. okay. so one of the ways we're trying to rectify that is we brought in uh, clinical nurse ones and we precept them. And the idea is to replace our registry use with our own employees um, in the next several months. So we probably have 12 to 15 CN1s who I'll call graduating in October. So we expect our registry use to go down. But our FTE will remain similar. If our FTEs were higher last year, mm -hmm. not registry, mm -hmm. but personnel, wh how, what caused the shift of moving to more registry and lower, lower full-time employees or our employees? Yeah, our registries are actually down from last year. They're over budget, but this time last year we had spent $3.6 on registry. This year we spent 3.0. Okay. So it is coming down. It's just over budget. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you. That answered the question. Yeah. Okay. Other questions on this? Okay. Then if not, I'd like to go. Okay. I'm stay here. Um, this is the uh, heat map, which is on page uh, 12 of your package. And I presented this last time. And I'd like to refresh, uh, refresh you again on how to read it. Uh, so basically, across the top, we have our business units and consolidated, which is the system total. And then down the side, we have volume indicators, revenue yield indicators, expenses, and overall performance. And what this does is it looks at the variances to the budget. <clears throat> so for example, on the bottom right, we have the operating margin. Okay. And what this is showing is that we have a 0.2 favorable variance to the operating margin. So it's really close to budget. This is the EBITDA margin almost exactly, the 4. Point, you know. So the, the budget and the actual is 4.1. So really no variance. So these are showing up without any color, but it's the overall performance. It's, it's saying basically in total we're pretty much on budget. Uh, but then what it does is says, okay, well, if, if we want to look at where that's coming from, here's Highland. Highland's pretty close, a little bit below. Fairmont's doing really well. Behavioral health is doing very well. And they were sort of lagging in ambulatory and San Leandro and Alameda to some extent. And then as you go up, you can say, well, you know, why are we doing well at behavioral health? Well, their volumes are really good. Outpatient revenue is 24% above budget. The revenue yield's really good, okay? And the expenses are really good. So that's, and then you look at areas that are sort of lagging and say, well, okay. Uh, ambulatory, the, vo the volume is down a little bit to budget. The revenue's not quite where it needs to be. Some good, some bad. 1.7% favorable overall. Uh, and then expenses and then overall performance. So, so at a glance, what this allows you to do is then focus on the entire organization and focus on what's working and what's not. Okay, and then uh, on the next page, whoa, 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 whoa. yeah, or I was just let me let me oh, finish. Go, go so ahead, finish that. I was sort of leading to say now now okay. that was pictorial. This is more words about uh, what's working and what's not in the system. So the intent is between the two of these, we, we can have a discussion about business okay. unit performance. If you have questions. Oh, okay, so thank you. Time for questions. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let, let, let's start with what 
has really done well um, behavioral health. So now, when I went to the actual P&Ls, mm -hmm. um, you know, not only was behavioral health doing quite well, but if they'd simply stayed on budget, um, it would have, you know, we, we would have been having a different discussion about AHS overall, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken. So I guess, the question, I, I guess the questions I have both on the positive side and on the negative side are, do we expect those trend, I mean, are these transitory things? Do we expect the trends to continue? Um, how, how, do we, how do we interpret it? I mean, the net result is we're, you know, we're, we seem to be doing reasonably well, and that's great. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you might recall at the end of uh, last year, we went through this exercise where we, um, <clears throat> we looked at the supplemental reimbursement mm -hmm. and made sure that we were attributing it to the right location because before it was all consolidated over at Highland. Mm -hmm. And that's important because, you know, the board needs to know how the different operations are actually functioning. So that's one of the changes we made. The other thing we've continued to do is to refine our um, revenue recognition uh, for, um, you know, uh, patient revenue. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think the answer to your question is that these are becoming more and more accurate. And, okay. and, and so it'll give you a picture of whether you know, the operations are consistent or not. But at this point, I think that uh, we have a pretty good handle on it, and I, I think that this is representing reality. Okay. Uh, yes, ma'am. Well, I'll have more, but go ahead. No, no, no I'm going to have more, but go ahead. Uh, year, this is year to date. Through August, yes. Through August. So two, mo two months two, of the year. Just two months. Two That's months, what yeah. I wanted to make certain I understood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I am just getting September's information right now, so I've had a peek of it, but it, I, it wasn't here in time to get on this uh, agenda. Okay. So, uh, yes. um, okay, so for example, going back to you know behavioral health, so as I look at the results, um, you know, the the actual year-to-date results were up eight hundred sixty thousand dollars on contribution. Um, the budget was to be minus four point two, so we're ahead by five million dollars. And that's well more than the positive contribution <clears throat> on a consolidated basis. So that's right. Kind of come to my off offhand conclude offhand yeah, statement and, and, that and, well, and, and without, let me, without let me John just... George, we'd be in we'd be having a different conversation. Oh, that's I didn't understand what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and let me just say that the number you're looking at, we're, we're calling contribution, but it's sort of after we allocate the support services across, mm -hmm. and that's another effort to give relevant information. Um, we're re-looking at the allocation, because we did this on a just, you know, pure expense basis, mm -hmm. and we think that's probably not the best way to do it. So we're taking another look at that. We're, probably, we're thinking that Highland probably consumes a relatively higher proportion of those than, mm -hmm. than is indicated by just looking at uh, their percent of expenses. And in October, when we get to October, we expect to change that number. So I'd urge you to move up a line and use operating income as the, the best comparator of um, performance okay. to budget. Um, all right. I'm not sure that my statement would change, but okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're correct. Hi, um, John George is having a terrific year. Yeah. So, 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 okay. so I guess the question then is, you know, and then I'd, I'd ask the same kind of question for, say, San Leandro and Alameda Hospital, you know, ones that are, you know, aren't off to as good a start as 
as one might have hoped. Yeah. And just, you know, are those, you know, to what extent are these trends that one might expect to continue? To what extent is it just a mm -hmm. couple months of good luck? And, you know, and, and this is something that, you know, you might want to think about mm -hmm. in the context of the updated forecast in the next sure. meeting yeah. or two. Okay. But if you have, if there's stuff to talk about. Uh, well, now. let me just, uh, at a very high level, um, yeah. the system in total is doing very well. Yeah. Volumes in general, general are pretty strong. Um, <clears throat> the um, the labor and delivery, you know, bursts. We're kind of surprised by that, we're, mm -hmm. but we're thinking that um, with opening the new hospital, that will be a big draw. Uh, mm -hmm. I had an opportunity to tour the facility with uh, David Wormuth yesterday. It's beautiful, a yeah. uh, lot of capacity. I, I would not be surprised if um, that's a draw to expectant moms, and mm -hmm. uh, I know that our teams are going to be working on getting the word out on that. Yeah, that's some great um, news, too. So. The, the other area of volume that really isn't working is ambulatory access, and I, I know that the teams are working really hard to expand that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's an opportunity for us. We keep hearing about um, patients that are um, having to be referred out of the system simply because we can't get them in to see a specialist. I, I know that's an area that uh, mm -hmm. we're all working on real hard. Um, Fairmont's having a pretty good year. Uh, you, although the census is down, uh, the revenue yield is good, and Fairmont's a, a campus that is um, cost-based reimbursed, which is good. Uh, you mentioned John George, not much to say there, except that there's the, the demand is outstripping the supply. Mm -hmm. So, and, and we haven't really completed the strategic analysis, but I, I don't think we're seeing anything that's going to change that. It's probably going to expand, and there may be a need to look at expanding the physical capacity yeah. in that area. Yeah. Well, I think there's no doubt that we need to expand the, the capacity there. I mean, they've been running at 99 point something percent census for quite a long time. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they have an ED, which is you know, just chronically. Yeah, with, um, with patients in the home. Overcapacity. Yeah, right. So yeah. um, that's an issue. Something needs done there. Yeah. Okay. Um, we talked about ambulatory. Uh, San Leandro. Um, a little bit behind. I mean, the, 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 the emergency volume there is actually quite strong. And, you know, the expenses are close to budget. They're a little, little high, but, but they're close. The thing I noted there is that the, uh, the revenue yield is, is quite a bit below budget, which is surprising to me, and I'm digging into that. I'm thinking that, you know, maybe there's something having to do with the AR valuation that's um, affecting that. But I, I really expect them to do uh, better, which would certainly turn the results around. Uh, and then, um, you know, Alameda, you know, a little bit below budget, but not, not, not horrible. Um, and uh, pretty good revenue yield. Uh, expenses are favorable. So well, I think we'll do okay there. Okay. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Could you uh, show the heat map? Um, sure. Go back to that slide, please. So um, just the story behind the numbers, too. For, to see an operating income that's 1,115% more than, you know, what was budget, budgeted, is it also because there's a lot of staff resources being dedicated to what, what, what we've heard in the past about John George was also that clinically it's outstanding, but in terms of their fiscal management, they could have done better, right? Like over the years in terms of billing and some of those things, the mental health, some of those things. was Is that a correct? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there, there have been um, revenue cycle issues throughout the system, and we identified many opportunities. I know the team has been working very hard on that, and they've, so that's partially, you know, but I know that the team at John George itself is working very hard right, on right. all these issues, and it's an integral process. It's not just like, oh, the revenue cycle team does this, and I mean, they all have to work together, so mm -hmm. it's a team effort all the way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, just just seeing that dramatic because in the past, when whenever you'd see some of the operating income issues, the if we had a heat map at that time, some of the pink zones would have been John George, and to suddenly mm -hmm. see this complete turnaround, is it more dedicated support for this uh, thing that's also doing it, or people have just been trained to like? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to understand this incredible turnaround for this organization. Just looking at this heat map, you get, get the sense that, my gosh, people in San Leandro are slacking off. They are not doing right, and no, these no, guys I, I are, and how yeah. do you, like, no. you know, how do you best make me understand that? Well, let me just say that healthcare is really, really hard, okay? So I don't think any, I don't know of anybody who's slacking off in this organization. Everybody's really working hard to make this organization successful. So, um, you know, there, there, some some areas benefit more than others by revenue cycle or by reimbursement. Some have had you know more volume in the last two months than than others. Uh, so I don't know that you can you know ma make a generalization. But I think everybody's working hard to correct you know do the best they can. Yeah. Uh, well, if you look at the okay thousand percent variance. So I mean they they budgeted uh, John George to have lost four hundred thousand dollars okay and they, they made four million so okay that that's that's a big percentage difference but you know cycle and and the volume um, they go together <clears throat> so yeah. revenue is volume times rate so the revenue cycle is the rate and the volume. So when you say they their their revenue cycle, that means what does that mean exactly? Uh, it means we've um, <clears throat> captured the um, uh, right information on the patients. It means we've got good contracts. It means we've captured the charges and we've got the bills out the door and the coding was done correctly and the physicians documented everything okay. appropriately. And we did everything right, and we the bill went out, and we got paid as much as we possibly could. So the the revenue the revenue cycle is what we ought to be really paying more attention to. I, I suppose I'm concerned that certainly volume when we're sending patients someplace else mm -hmm. that that would be a concern, but it, it's you know it's a push pull as as. For John George, if we have excessive volume, it says to me that there's a social issue in the community that we that that mm -hmm. we need to take care of, as opposed to just putting people into into hospitals. And I mm -hmm. think each of those things could be said. So uh, that's why I'm trying to understand that issues of volume, if if we're not getting people in on time, mm -hmm. if they're going someplace else, it seems to be a much more critical issue. Mm -hmm. And so how do you measure whether or not the volume up or down is, I guess down, is related to that factor? And then with the, rev with the revenue cycle, obviously, 
you just explained that that has to do with yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an iterative process. I mean, the way this was constructed, this, this came out of a question during the budget process, which is, you may have actually asked it, um, which is how are we going to measure our success? And said, okay, we've really got to do three things to produce the overall performance <coughs> that we want. We have to get volume in. And then once we get volume in, we have to turn it into revenue, which is right here. And once we have that revenue, we have to provide appropriate care but efficiently uh, in a cost-effective way. And if we do those three things, it will produce bottom-line performance that we want. And that's how we constructed this. Okay. If I could just add, I, I think if, I, I, I feel like uh, David, David answered your question, but one part that I thought I heard was uh, the latter part, you were saying how do we attribute um, whether or not volume is up or down relative to uh, operating challenges, whether that is access or right. uh, timeliness of services versus, say, a change in demand uh, uh, so that it's Yeah, the, that people are getting better and their preventative <clears throat> right. medicine. There's, there's better sort of public health right, and or right. wellness. And right, wellness. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, so, so it really, a lot of that lies in the operating uh, area. So we, we do a lot of operating, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in, indicator measuring. So we're, we're looking at, like, for the clinics, that's when you get to things like third next available appointment, how 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 far out that is, so that if someone does have a need, uh, are we are we able to meet that in a reasonable time frame? Um, that's in the ambulatory world. In patient world, you would look at things like how long is particularly for let's say the two portals you get be admitted from an outpatient clinic or a doctor's office or from the ED are your sort of main two senses. OR is another one, but you're looking at how long does it take from somebody to go from an admission, like, you know, a determination that someone needs to be admitted to the hospital to the actual time that they can get a bed. So there's, there's, we look at indicators of, of efficiency or timeliness uh, uh, of that turnaround process. And so those are also indicators for us of whether there's excess demand, you know, time to transfer patients if they need to come from one facility to another facility, uh, inability to do that sometimes uh, because places are oversaturated. Those are all the different indicators that we look at to see how uh, how our uh, productivity is connected to the efficiency of the operation versus the community um, community need. So should I be asking then the question when I see a decline in volume, mm -hmm. should I be asking the question how did the measures look this yes. month relative and where do we show those measures? Uh, where do we? Sh I don't. You know what? I, I mean, it may not be in finance. Yeah, or where do, where do you? I yeah, mean, is there a, is there some form report or whatever? The dashboards that we look at on a daily basis uh, uh, as a management tool for looking at where there are needs to uh, either change staffing or look at process changes or implement different ways in which we operate to yeah. to address what may be a sort of problem in the in the um, in the uh, service delivery um, process okay also from a broader perspective if there are opportunities in the market if you will if there are needs in the community uh, and we notice that those needs are trending in a different direction so let's say to, to David's earlier point we notice that we're, we're doing fewer deliveries you know one of your questions may be is there a problem getting mothers into the hospital you know do we not have enough beds do we not have enough staffing and we say no the answer to that is not that we're finding that we're less attractive in the market in our current configuration so 
even if our providers are treating patients in the prenatal environment or you know uh, post or pre-delivery, that then uh, mothers are electing to deliver their baby somewhere else, and that's a decision they get to make. Sometimes the provider informs that. So, so then we look at okay, what sorts of things do we do from service delivery perspective to be more attractive from a marketing perspective and obviously from a facilities perspective. So for our case here, going into a new facility where we'd have private rooms, better amenities, those sort of things that are more comparable to the market, we anticipate that we will leverage that with outreach efforts from our providers and our marketing group to say, com uh, providers in the community who take care of, of, of you know, pregnant mothers, you should come and see what we have here at Highland so that particularly for the Medi-Cal population, we're already helping to take care of them in so many other ways. Let's continue that and have them get their care here. Thank you. Sure. Um, let me ask you as a question. Would it be possible? Because um, I, I think that connecting the dots between, I mean, the, per, the business of this committee is finance. But it is important to connect the dots between the uh, financials and some kind of outcomes. Would it be possible or advisable to just add a couple of more operational statistics at a very high level so that we may be able to, so that we may, yeah, that we may be able to see those things. And I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily think, I don't think we should necessarily review that. Sure. But then at least we have a couple of high level data points. Yeah, let us, let us take a look at it. Yeah. I, I think, you know, given kind of the, the depth of everything you, you do now, it may, you know, mm -hmm. we, we can see if you want to sort of add it on or and in some ways sort of, you know, trade off some things just so you have a good vantage yeah. point and can do that in a reasonable amount of time. But we can take a stab at it and propose something to you yeah, and see just, if that works. Just, it may just be a few, just a few lines. Sure. Um, you know, I, I remember when I was uh, with Consumer Products Company and we had one operating metric, market share. Now that was relevant in that context. But that told you was so much. Mm -hmm. um, you know, okay, the profits yeah. were going up. The market share was going up. You were really doing a good job. And Makes sense. as an example, yeah, we'll we'll try to find something that's succinct or you know maybe uh, a, a a little less, but yeah, with 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 enough to be meaningful for you. Yeah. Uh, let's let let us work on that. And yeah, we'll, and if it doesn't we'll work for everybody, then we won't stop doing it. Sure. Okay. 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 All right. Um, comment. Um, um, I, I know that this. I know that breaking everything down by business line is um, is new mm -hmm. to the organization. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff still going on to make to get it just right. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I, I think it's fabulous. Oh, I, I, th I think it's fabulous, and I think the I think all these questions are are, are should give you a sense that everyone likes this stuff because. Um, you know, it helps people get into the organization, understand it better, and start to, you know, I think we're all trying to figure out mm. what's going on here and feeling the feeling legs of the elephant. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much. I and mean, we worked very hard to uh, <clears throat> get this information available and in a format where it um, is understandable. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and actually, as we uh, continue to mature, we're looking forward to bringing in other ways of looking at the organization like service line, uh, profitability, or market mm -hmm. share trends, or things like yeah. that. So, um, and, and you'll yeah. be glad to know that one of my um, uh, facility visits recently, um, uh, the uh, operators there were saying, you know, what we really want to do is get this down to the physician level profitability. And 
So that should be music to your ears. Uh, we, <clears throat> actually, I think we could actually do that today. Um, <laughs> so. the, the problem we're having, actually, not to, not to get ahead, but um, <clears throat> you know, I got some of the first um, information from the system. I said, oh, well, you know, let me see uh, the top ten DRGs and which physicians are doing them. And so I was sharing it with some of our physicians, and they're like, I didn't do that. So we, now we're to a sort of a data integrity issue of, you know, are we attributing the work to, you know, the physicians? Yeah. Well, so it's, but it's interesting. It's giving well, yeah. us well, good you know information, what? you know? You, you want data with integrity, but um, I think if you dialed back not so long ago, you wouldn't have data at all. <laughs> right, yeah. So you have to start where you are. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay. this is, um, so um, my hat, if I had one, off to you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. It's a big team here. Okay, um, now here, here's the uh, metrics report that we didn't get to talk about last time, and I, I know you can't um, so read, can I, read can it I there. Do this but before you start, David, pardon me? this actually uh, has some of the things I was just talking about. So as he goes through this, uh, it'll be helpful to hear if this provides the detail that you, you think you need, or we could take a different uh, yeah. uh, yeah. tact. So sorry, yeah. go ahead, David. So, so this is on page forty of your package. It's probably easier for you to look there than up on the screen. But I, I thought if uh, I needed to reference anything, I could just kind of point, and you could tell where I'm looking. Um, so this is the uh, format that was agreed to um, with uh, Healthcare Service Agency, um, Rebecca, and uh, Rebecca Gephardt, and we worked together on this. And so essentially what we, we've done is um, across the top we have the metrics, which are listed, and I'll get to those, the target, and then we've listed the business units in as much detail as we could. Uh, and then down the side what we did is we took the, the um, pillars, our pillars, so we have access, sustainability, quality, service, and then uh, workforce measures. And we spent some time identifying things that, um, you know, were of interest. And then we've been trying to uh, gather that information. And some of these have NAs because we weren't able to gather the information. But, you know, third next available is actually out there. Uh, I was at the uh, Medical Executive Committee this morning, and they said it's, you know, 15 days. So we're working on improving this report. The other thing about the report is that it's currently set up to do it on a monthly basis. And as we, we look at it, we're thinking some of these might be more, more appropriate to do year to date, and, and but we'll refine this as we go through. Uh, but let's just talk about some of these things. So um, at the top, <clears throat> we have um, access, uh, third not next available visit or appointment for both primary care and specialty. The targets are 10 and 14. And the, the information we're seeing is that that's improved quite a bit. It's down to about 15 days uh, for both of those right now, although it's not reported on here. That's about where it is. Um, and then we have a series of uh, sustainability measures, many of which we just talked about. So things like the operating margin, EBITDA margin, uh, net days and accounts receivable. Uh, cash collection is a percent of net revenue. That's something I track quite a bit. This says for the month of August it was 85.8. For year to date through September we're at about 94 to 95%. Um, um, so this is the rela relationship between the cash we collect and the amount that we report as net patient service revenue on the income statement. So it's cash versus accrual accounting. And over time, it will be 100% because 
if, if I don't collect the cash, I'm going to have to take an AR right down by the end of the year. So we spend a lot of time in finance talking about cash. Um, so, But it's a, it's a very good indicator. And what it essentially tells the board is that, you know, do, do we have an AR problem? Because if we're not at 100% over time, that's an issue. Issue for me, issue for you, issue for everybody. Okay. Um, the Can next one. Just say briefly why why in some instances, in point in time that number would be over a hundred percent. Yeah, if it's over a hundred percent, it's because we're reducing accounts receivable, so we're collecting more cash than we're billing as revenue, and that's an indication that we're reducing the days in accounts receivable, which should be happening anyway. Okay. Thanks. I think just as an, another point of comparison is perhaps a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. um, that number was probably, I'm going to just guess that number is probably around 50% or something like that. It was It was significantly below, which is an issue, is that yeah. if we weren't collecting what we're recording as revenue, that's also an indication that, you yeah, know. We, we weren't collecting, I mean, I mean yeah. we, we all know we weren't collecting enough yeah. revenue, and that yeah. was caught, that's, yeah. was yeah. a fundamental cause of our problems. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So when we get to the end of the year, if, if, <clears> if the cash is about where net revenue is, it's an indication, okay, that, that's, the rev receivers are probably pretty good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the next one's another uh, indicator of um, sort of the quality of the AR. Uh, then we have labor costs as a percent of total net revenue. That's what we call the compensation ratio. And as you can see, we're actually below the target of 65% at this point. Uh, FTs per AOB, we talked about. Cost per participation day, that's on the financials. We talked about that. And then the payer mix. So this is important to the county because they want to know what types of patients by payer are we taking care of. There's no specific target for this because it's not something you target, but it is, it is useful to look at this and say, well, you know, where do we see Medicare patients? Where do we see Medi-Cal? How about private insurance? Where's the highest private insurance? So it's in, in for, and we've broken it out both by inpatient and outpatient. So that's, that's important information. And as we get into the strategic planning process, that's something that we need to be looking at. We need to look at, well, you know, where are our patients coming from and which, you know, payers, uh, groups of patients by payer, you know, exist in different locations. So it'll tell us what kind of services we need to provide. Um, and then the next one, uh, this is line 25, assigned medical, medical, managed care enrollees. So there's no specific target, but these are the... Um, uh, Alameda Alliance and Blue Cross patients that are, quote, assigned to us, so 56,000. Now, not all of those are actually being serviced by our facilities because either they can't get in or we're not tracking them. So we're spending a lot of time talking about, you know, how do we identify those patients and make sure that we have access for them. Um, <clears throat> then we have clinic visits. Uh, at this point, we don't have a target. Uh, accounts payable, that used to be an, an issue, but we're providing that information. And then um, professional service revenue, these are physician charges. Okay. Uh, and then 30, we're moving to the quality indicator. And the one we agreed upon is the um, incidence of pre preventable harm. Th this really, I think it's measured maybe quarterly or annually, so that's why it's not on here yet. Uh, and then uh, patient satisfaction, inpatient and outpatient on lines 31 and 32. And then on 33 and 34, um, employee engagement and physician engagement. And these are actually done just once a year. 
so it don't, won't be changing all the time. But these are things that we wanted to uh, to report on. So mm -hmm. let me just stop there and see if there are questions. This is different from the pulse. The engagement metrics here is different from the. It's, it, it's the last full one. The pulse check we just did. Uh, we're so. Um, I think we, I mean, we completed the survey. We're getting the analysis is being done now. We're planning to uh, do a full review with the, uh, the leadership team next month, I believe. Uh, so that number for the employee, and that was just for the employees, right, Tony? Not for the medical staff. So the full survey, if you recall, Jeanette mentioned, will be the next one will be done around April or May of next year. And so that's when that number will change again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that one, I believe, is is the medical staff later, or is it also uh, at that time? About the same time, yeah. So, so we'll do that okay. one around the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. um, I think to answer your question, you know, you know, said, well, gee, some of the some of the operational metrics that you're talking about, maybe they're on here. Um, you know, as I look, I think, well, um, th these are all very helpful and interesting, but I think what might be useful is if we come back and say, you know what, you know, if we're going to tie, you know, and a lot of these are financial metrics or derivatives of financial metrics, but you might want to say, look, if, if you want to tie operations to financials, then here are the handful of things, and this is how they tie together. Mm -hmm. you know, so, for example, you know, like, you know, clinic visits, you say, well, you know, if clinic visits are here, you're good, if they're here, you're, you're you know, that's not so good. And so you say, hey, volumes are down. And look, clinic visits are down. Okay, we got that. And, or mm -hmm. vice versa. That, I think it might be helpful to just stitch that together. I agree, actually. Um, uh, and so we, we can work on that. I mean, yeah. obviously with this report, it's still a work in progress. Uh, hence a lot of the NAs for kind of figuring out the, the, the uh, data sources as we pull these. But, right. um, but I think, yeah, we, we'll work on which targets are here. Uh, on a pillar basis, and then make the tie to uh, the, the finances that we yeah. were just talking. And then about. I think you'll end up with a, um, you know, a much more literate committee. <laughs> well, in, a, in an accurate picture. Yeah. 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 Snapshot yeah. fashion. Okay. okay. Sure. Thank you, uh, David. What in in terms of the labor cost is the to relationship to revenue uh, when you see. When you see one facility much higher, you know, uh, and you s is there is there a goal or is there a reason that that one needs to be much higher than others? Is is that a concern? Is that something that a board should be mindful of? Should they all range about the same place? Um, you know, I'm looking at one that's 87 percent and another that's 134 percent of mm -hmm. labor costs to income. And yeah, that, that is an issue. They they will be different. <clears throat> All of them should be below 100 percent because otherwise there's more expenses than revenue, sort of by definition. Um, an acute care hospital should be 60 to 65 percent or less, and then um, <clears throat> behavioral health is quite different. So um, you can see here that it's 47%. That's quite different. Fairmont's an acute rehab. Well, I was, I, I was looking specifically at San Leandro and looking at 87%. It seems to me to be, unless I'm reading that line. Yeah, that's, I, that's high. I can add to it. Uh, yeah, I, I think 
some of the differences that you'll see uh, are related to two things that jumped out to me. One would be uh, what, what was anticipated in the budget between, or in terms of actual volume and expenses and what actually happened. So for example, for uh, a place like San Leandro, if uh, one of the comments David made earlier was that the ED volume has been uh, pretty good and it's been sustained, uh, at least for the first part of this fiscal year. If we budgeted for less than that, uh, when you actually have to compensate for that with staffing, then you're, you may be using more registry staff, and you may oh, use a, oh. so your so your staffing costs would go up. Uh, although your your revenue will go up, your your staffing costs may go up more because you're you're spending on the higher end of the staffing costs. Uh, another thing could be your processes. So, whereas here uh, in certain areas like say pharmacy, uh, for example, where we may have more automated types of systems like Pixis, where you know you have mm -hmm. systems to do certain things. Uh, if you don't have that automation at another site, you're using more manual resources, you may have more stats, so then your costs on the labor side would be different than they are at another place because those costs are actually captured more on the non-labor side of the, the ledger and actually may be more efficient as well. But but it's just a reflection of so, sort of your processes and then some of, in my mind, is the budget as well, what you anticipated versus what's actually occurring. Is that, is that a fair statement? Y okay. Yes, it, it, it explains why those differences. I suppose as, as a process for a board or for us to review, when do, do I need to rely on the staff to say, here's an area of concern, or should I know looking at these documents where the concern should be and ask why? Uh, it's a great question. I think uh, what, what you just did, I think, is, is sort of the right sort of question you would ask, like, uh, what, what, is, what is the rationale for the variance there? And is that a signal of a problem or opportunity uh, in some area? And, and then we could, we could either inform that or say, Great question. You know, we're looking into it, or we will look into it. Okay. Uh, but I think you know, point in fact, what it would do for us is say, where if if we took a deeper dive and tried to look across various aspects of operation, where there's inpatient, outpatient, emergency, uh, uh, ancillaries, where is some of that variance occurring when we look across the system, and then if it is something like processes that are more people intensive versus uh, 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 supplies or technology intensive. Is that something that we should do something about? Is that an investment capital-wise that we should make uh, that might change that paradigm down the road? Or do we already have plans for something like that? Okay. Yeah. Th thank you. Sure. That's okay. Okay. All right. Um, let me give you an outlook on um, September. And this is not in your package. Um, but um, so we're going to be, I believe we're going to be profitable. That's what we're currently projecting. Uh, but somewhat below budget. Um, the uh, patient activity is strong. Revenue yields pretty strong. There's going to be an expense budget of about 3%. So, whoops, sorry. We're just getting into that right now. Um, as a result, I, I'm ex anticipating that for the first quarter, uh, we're going to be profitable, but about 1% below uh, the budget target uh, in terms of operating margin. Uh, so we're projecting a uh, EBITDA margin of 3.6. The budget's 4.5. Um, I think that's probably going to be a pretty good number. I've got some additional review to do. I've got some questions, but that's where we're going to end up. Uh, originally, the committee asked me to um, uh, ask that question or answer that question because uh, 
of the issue of, you know, should we do any kind of extraordinary cost reductions. I'm not recommending that we have to do that at this point. I think we have plenty of uh, performance improvement initiatives underway uh, that um, will uh, get us back on track. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that one of the things driving that question, as I recall, there was um, um, a lot of concern that we were going from a, you know, a fairly negative um, mm -hmm. margin uh, that had been ongoing for a while and that you know, the budget was calling for really significant improvements very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so there's concern whether that was truly achievable or not. So we mm -hmm. wanted that first quarter check-in to make sure, you know. Yeah. I, th I, think, I think as a yeah. board, you know, sense of the board was that, um, you know, the first quarter was going to tell us a lot whether it was truly achievable or not. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's what was driving that question. Um, yeah, you know, and as a new CFO, I mean, we're still relatively new. I've been here a year, but uh, it takes a while to get <clears throat> your hands around what's actually happening. Yeah. A lot of good work I, I, is, has been going on. One way is to track cash because cash is sort of the truth. Yep. You know, and if, if cash yeah. is going in the right direction, that tells you things are going in the right direction. And, um, you know, but I've been looking at the financial statements and, and trying to scrub them. And mm -hmm. uh, certainly we have a lot more information now than the team did a couple of years ago. And there's some adjustments we're making. But I, th I think we're on the right track. Okay. I think one thing that would be helpful just educationally is, you know, perhaps when you're doing the first forecast is talk a little bit more about, you know, comparison you know, not only actual to budget, but actual to prior year to date, um, right. and just help us understand what's changed sure. over the course of the year. Yeah, I can put that together. Okay, great. Um, I do want to comment on the balance sheet. <clears throat> um, and one thing I'll say is that, you know, you have a balance sheet, which is on page um, 18. Uh, there are going to be some adjustments to it as a result of the work we're doing on the audit. Uh, but just for August, there, the, the, as you look at the balance sheet, um, the first thing to notice is there's negative equity of $53 million. So typically when you have negative equity, it impairs the organization's ability to access external credit, I mean other debt. Um, the days in AR have improved. They're still, a, uh, still well above where they should be. So that's an opportunity for us to the extent that we can get that down, we can convert um, that into cash. Uh, every day is worth about a million and a half dollars in cash. So if we get it down to 60, that'd be about 20 million dollars in cash that we could bring in, mm -hmm. which of course would reduce the um, credit um, with the county. Uh, and then the uh, current ratio, which is the relationship of current assets, which are things like cash and accounts receivable, to current liabilities, which are things like payables to our vendors. You, you want that to be at least about one and a half. So you want to have more current assets and liabilities. We're at about 0.87, so we, we still are kind of w way behind. So mm -hmm. objectively, you'd look at this and say, this is a relatively weak balance sheet. Okay. If you got the AR down from 86 days to 60, <clears throat> what-ish do you think the current ratio would look like? <clears throat> it, it'd probably be up above uh, 1 at that okay. point still, but not to 1.5, but it would improve the ratio. Okay, so to get the current ratio to 1.5, you'd have to, well, both perhaps collect more, but also... Um, uh, we'd have to uh, <clears throat> operate profitably for a significant period of time so yeah. that we generated earnings that turned into cash, which would reduce the liabilities. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Okay. Michelle. Is 
I don't understand the term net position. Yeah. Is that it's, if if we ended last year in a negative operating budget of sixty three million, is that does that sixty three million have any relationship to that? It does. It does. So the term net position um, represents the accumulated earnings over the life of the organization. And so if you go to page uh, 18 of your package, <clears throat> which is the balance sheet, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, actually it's coming up in a minute. It'll be easy for me to okay. show you in a minute, okay? okay. Let, me, let me just move on from that. I think we're going to get there. Um, so very quickly, uh, I do need to report on the situation with the county agreement. We are in compliance, which is the first test. We're not um, in default on any of the provisions. Uh, this little uh, arrow shows you where we are in time. So the uh, net negative balance is just under 160 million. We're forecasting to remain in compliance, which means we're going to be below the limit all the way to June 30th. We expect to be right at the limit on June 30th. There is some conservatism built into this forecast, and we have some, if we, if we have any unexpected negative uh, surprises, we have some ability to adjust. So I do expect us to remain in compliance. You can see we're going to be sort of close in the end of January, but I think we'll get through that fine and then come back down, okay? And I'll, I'll just say that, you know, as a, uh, to the unaided eye, when I see the number going, like getting right up and looks like it might even peak above yeah. that uh -huh. limit, um, I get very nervous. However, we were at this point last year, mm -hmm. and there's the same kind of graph, and you made it all work, so I feel a lot better. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, and, and again, I think I don't know if you missed Pressure's what I said <laughs> was that there is some conservatism built into this forecast. Okay. Yeah. So if so. if if we ever get to the point where I'm concerned, I will let you know. Okay. I know you will. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you. Um, now let's talk about revenue cycle. Um, this these are the um, goals and objectives for the revenue cycle team. Uh, mostly, I want you to know that we've gone through a detailed. Um, planning process to develop detailed goals and objectives. They've been assigned. This is, these are the high-level goals. They cascade down below that. Um, the, the important thing for you to know here is that there is still tons of opportunity for us to pursue, and we are going after them. So there's some, some big things uh, to improve both net revenue and reduce uh, days and accounts receivable and get the cash in. So happy to answer any questions about that. The, um, yes. So, connect the dots from me. On the one hand, in a previous slide, you're collecting 100%-ish. Yes. Of cash. Mm -hmm. However, on this slide, you say there's a lot more opportunity to go get cash. Yes. Well, let me d distinguish that. Okay, so one key measure is, <clears throat> is the cash you're collecting about the same as the net revenue that you're booking. Right. And you want that to be about 100% because if you don't collect the cash, then you've got to reduce sure. the net revenue. You've got to take a write-off. Take a yeah. write-off, yeah. Okay. Now, the question is, can you increase both of those? Mm -hmm. and, I th and I'm saying there's an opportunity to make both of those go up. Okay. More so what cash, you're saying more is net revenue. 
We're, we're collecting all the revenue that we're booking and recording. Yeah. However, on this slide you're saying, but we're still leaving revenue on the table that we've neither booked nor collected. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. More opportunity. And we're gonna go. We're gonna go get it. April. We're gonna go. We're gonna. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, here's here's an example graphically. This why, why, is. Why do I feel even more confident now? <laughs> All right, th this, is, this is how much money we collected per workday. Give that day, lady some pizza. <laughs> per workday down in fiscal 2014, and then this is last year, collections per day, and then this is this year. So you can see we're here, we go up, and we go up. All right. <clears throat> in fact, this is October, this current month, which isn't over yet. So far, we've averaged $1.5 per day in October. So, yay. That's that's good. Okay, good trend. Uh, how does how does it relate to the doctors making certain that they're they're doing the? It's, it's all in there. It's all in. Everybody's got to do their piece. So. Okay, and because I know they were having difficulty with that before, so is yes. that improved? It has improved. It's not perfect yet. We uh, it's effective with the ICD-10 rollout, which Dave will talk about. Okay. We've also implemented this electronic charge capture system. It's working better in some places than others. The system's working, but we're finding we've got to change processes and procedures and training, and you know, because they're not used to doing this. And in some cases, there's sort of a disbelief that you know we'll actually get the bill out the door. So, but it's, so it's, we're, we're much improved. So this is goals three and four on the yeah. list. Yeah. So that's three and four. I want to yeah. know what Dr. Bouquet said because he was <laughs> the one. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Um, Okay, now the other performance improvement is really focused on cost. <clears throat> These are the um, initiatives, group purchasing, lab, uh, organizational redesign, 43B, pharmacy, uh, physician PPI. These are implants, process optimization, which is the big one, which is the nurse productivity system, purchase services, supply chain, and then this is a labor tool that um, uh, we haven't done these two yet. Um, so the target for the program is 8.8. .8. Uh, the teams have identified a total of 13.3, and we have signed off on 2.2. There's more coming through the, um, and we have a team that manages this. We just <coughs> went through a review of all these. Uh, we've identified, I think it's going to be 12 to 13 million. And the big one coming through is this process optimization. They think they have identified. 8.8, uh, .8, not this way 8.8, .8, but in, uh, their own 8.8. .8. Um, we're validating that right now, okay? We're, and we're, we were seeing improvements in the labor reports that we're getting through. So uh, this is the one we're going to come back in on January and tell you how we think we did in total. But right now, we're thinking we're going to get the 8.8, .8. okay? Okay. David, um, all, all these numbers are annualized, right? Yes, these okay. are annualized numbers. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, and Time permitting, I think it would be helpful. I think it would be helpful to, you know, more than just seeing a list of here's a bunch mm -hmm. of numbers, is to mm -hmm. get a little bit of um, what we did and, and well, yeah. yeah, what we did and, and maybe if it, as as appropriate, you know, just as you did for the um, mm -hmm. revenue cycle 
Yeah, the we, project we, is uh, bring some of the operators in to talk oh, about that'd what be, we did. Oh, that'd be terrific. Yeah, yeah, we we last month, we also did the pharmacy 340B one right. as well. So. Yeah, I remember so, yeah, that. So that's two yeah. of those. Yeah. 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 We'd, so we'd love that, to bring the uh, operating executives in and talk about this. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. All right. Now, we're going to take, I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to turn it over to my colleague, and I uh, just want to say ahead of time that I, I uh, couldn't talk to Dave over the weekend, so I extracted his report and created this slide for him. I hope I haven't misstated anything. Um, and when, we're, when are we going to get to Trustee we're, Lawrence's it, question? It's, gonna, it's coming right up. It's, okay. uh, it's right there. All right. It's two okay, slides okay. up. Okay. okay. Hello. Evening, trustees. Uh, last month, we talked about reporting on, uh, on the IT planning process, and so I thought this month I'd bring forward what is the biggest issue of planning that a year and a half ago we would not have been discussing. So a year and a half ago we were talking about where we're going with the soaring implementation, how do we get that deeper involved, how do we get more physicians engaged in documentation, how do we roll it out to the other facilities. Uh, in August, as Dave mentioned here, uh, Cerner acquired Siemens, which changed the whole game. Uh, I was prepared to bring a proposal to the board that, that proposed a, about a $7 million project to roll out Sorian throughout all the facilities. Sure. Sorry. Never. <laughs> and so with that, um, the direction changed. When Cerner acquired Siemens, we had to take a pause at that moment to find out what was Cerner going to do with the Sorian product. And in that, they told us uh, they're going to stop the development of the Sorian ambulatory product. That meant that the road we were on to get us to our single integrated health record across the organization could not be achieved with the Sorian product line. And so that meant we had to make, if we still believe that is our, our goal, which I believe it is, it's in our strategic plan still as, as we want that to help move our patients forward and care for them throughout the continuum, that we would need to change our EHR vendor. And so that brings us to this decision point in the plan I presented to you to let you know that that is the path we're on and what we're considering. Uh, that, to, just to remind the trustees, that was in 2011, that decision was made as about a $77 million project over that 10-year period to support the project. And we probably have about, uh, well, we have five years left in that agreement, uh, which equates to about a 16 or $17 million left in, in what that agreement would look like of the $77 million that was approved. So that means for implementation, uh, what it costs for professional service to install the software, the cost to acquire the software, much of that cost was upfront loaded. So it wasn't evenly loaded across the 10 years, a lot upfront on implementation and purchasing licenses. So that's what leaves about, over the next five years, uh, about 16, 17 million dollars of that 77 million are left to work with. Okay. Um. Hmm? Eight mil? Yeah. Well, well yeah, I, I guess I have a few questions then, um, and I may, I may be jumping ahead, so if I am, stop me. But if they're saying, hey, you know, Cerner, sorry, we're not going to do that, um, they're just going to say, sorry, and you're on your, you know, no, so so, sorry you spent so much money. Yeah, so what's, so what Cerner or, or do is... They, do, they, do they, I mean, do they reimburse us? Do they try to make us whole in some way? <laughs> yes. I know it's a funny question. It's just, no, no, no. It, it's, it's a valid question. Yeah. And, and they are trying to do uh, what they think is 
most prudent from a business sense to do that. So, so them, in their sure, proposal yeah. to us, they have give, they are saying, for all of the Siemens customers that purchased all of those licenses, invested all that funds, we will can if you want to move over to the Millennium product, we will convert all of your licenses essentially for free. So if you bought Sorian, you get Millennium for free. So you get the software. Okay. So so that's kind of the making us whole, making us partially whole, right? We don't have to buy the software again because we can get the new software for, for no charge uh, to move it. Now, obviously, it's got to be implemented. And those are professional services fees. So they're looking to deeply discount those fees to help customers move from the Siemens Sorian products to the Millennium products. So the proposal from Cerner that we've, that we've just gotten for the first time just this last, after I wrote this report, um, it looks very favorable towards that and deeply discounted professional services fee and no licensing fee for the software. So they're, they're making an effort to, to make those customers uh, stay with the company with their <coughs> products. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Go ahead. Uh, I can't remember. Um, I have to look at your writer, but it was really well done. Thanks. Thank you. Um, I can't remember which is the group that is uh, yeah. most in the Bay Area. Yeah, that's Epic. That's Epic. Right, and so. So the reason these three vendors are the ones we put on our, on our list are that from, from CLASS, which is a, a reporting system uh, for, throughout healthcare that, that ranks software vendors on their products and services by existing customers. Mm -hmm. So I submit reports to them on how well Cerner's doing with the, in supporting us, how well uh, GE supports us, how well WellSoft supports us, so our ED systems, our PAC systems. So I provide those the reports and in a series of questions just ranking how well the provider, the, the vendor is working with us and supporting us and how well the products are liked and used by our, by our end users. And in that, Epic and Cerner are the top two performing vendors across the entire industry. By far, those two are the, the best, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> most liked by the people that use the products. Uh, Meditech is an existing vendor for us. So it's what's in place at both San Leandro and at Alameda, albeit different versions, they are an existing vendor. So we're talking to them. They do have breadth of product, um, very different in the class ratings on how well the vendor supports their customers. But I'm considering all of our existing vendors um, in, the, in the consideration and Epic because of their preponderance of use across the Bay Area and how, how our trading partners use that system. Is there any advantage to us just because they're widely used across the Bay Area to use them too? Does that confer an, an, some kind of a special advantage to us? Yes. So um, one of the things that Epic does really, really well is talk to other Epic, other Epic customers. So the data is transferred at the complete record level. So mm -hmm. um, let's just say from Cerner to Epic, there's an interface that has to occur that shares specific data elements that will pass back and forth. So the government put a standard out for a continuity of care document mm -hmm. that, that creates fields that should be passed in those documents across. Those generally come across as documents, not as data, if you think about it that. It comes across as a piece of paper, not discrete data fields that are in my data record. So EPIC to EPIC transfers that data at the detailed data element level. So mm -hmm. if a patient shows up, if we were on the EPIC platform and a Kaiser patient showed up in our emergency room from a trauma situation, we would see every data element for that patient that they've had for their lifetime in the Kaiser system. Mm 
mm -hmm. um, if the patient's at UCSF, if the patient's coming from, was, was a patient at Children's, if the patient was at Stanford, if the patient was at a Sutter facility, all of those, John Muir, Washington, all of those are on Epic, and all of that data would come forward with that patient. Likewise, any patient seen here, all of that data would transfer back to those providers. So a physician in San Leandro uh, that's using the EPIC platform would see all of the data for a patient that might present mm -hmm. to the Highland Emergency Room if we were on the EPIC platform. Okay. So and they have EPIC in their office. So as a patient, you would certainly like it, you probably would prefer that we have EPIC. Sure. Yes. For the Bay Area. Yes. Yeah. For, if, for the community at large. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But there are, of course, other considerations. There are. It's expensive. And, and we don't already own the licenses like we do with the, with the Cerner product or with the Meditech product, that we own some licensing. I was, I was going to ask a couple questions relative to the decision-making process. Um, so I know that, that you're intending to, to involve the users, which I think is real critical. So do you have, are you putting together a, a user task force and, and how, I'm trying to figure out how you are going to um, meld the the decision about something that this that has such a financial Im implication for the organization, which seems to me to be more of n not exclusively, but certainly an interest from a policy board, and the 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 desire of the user, and so the users say this is the one we want. And we've gone through this big, huge process, involved everybody, on, and so they're gun-ho. And now you have um, 10 board members who say, not a chance. So rather than have that conflict down the road, I think it behooves you to think through what that process is and whether or not you want to involve members uh, Mm -hmm. of the board to represent certain aspects. So I don't, I don't know, but I, I, can see, uh, I can see something coming down the road that probably, and, and this is significant. Right. I mean. So, so my, what I've learned in my career in, my, in the process of system selection is never put a choice in front of the user <laughs> that you won't let them choose <laughs> because bad things can happen, I exactly as you mentioned, right? If we put out there, here's your five choices, and they pick the one, then you look at it and say, we can't afford that then the choice never should be put in front of them. So my, my plan for this is to bring forward what do these various products look like and then take forward what are things that the board would approve. And if the board wouldn't approve it, we're, we're not going to go there. See, and, and, and I appreciate that from the board's perspective. But how do I know what is beneficial for the user? And I may, as a board, be more willing to bite the bullet on this issue because of its impact for the patients and their health in the community and all of those other things and pull back on something else. So I don't know that you can make that decision in the manner in which you, but I'm not you. So um, well, uh, I plan to bring forward um, guidelines and processes and, and a total cost that the board would see. Obviously, David's going to have a huge impact on this to, set, to, set, to let, inform the board on what's doable and not doable as we look at that and what might be possible. Uh, and, and, if it's, and if it's possible and board says we'll entertain that type of approach, uh, then we'll take those options forward. If the board says no, we won't, that, that is 
a bridge too far that we just can't go there, then, then it's incumbent on us to take that forward to medical staff to help them understand, here's why we're presenting what we're presenting. Yeah. I, I, guess the, I guess what you need to do is, you know, come forward with a plan that has, you know, like, actual numbers and, yeah. and actual implications. Yeah. You know, both both positive and negative. So, right. Yeah. Um, I get one other question I have, and I know there's a lot of other questions floating here. Is um, to the extent that we've done all of this work, you, know, you said we started with 77 million dollars. There's 16 or something left, so that would imply that roughly 60 million has been spent. Um, I think one of the other questions is, are we facing, you know, how much of that was capitalized? Are we facing a write-off? of some magnitude, you know, depending upon, and it may be that if we go with Cerner, the, there's a write-off of blah. If we go with Epic, there's a write-off of a much larger, I would presume, a much larger proportion. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, and you don't talk about Meditech much, but and maybe that's not what you want to do anyway. No, no, we don't want to do that. And, <laughs> but the pretending that we want to do that, um, you know, that, that might, you know, you know, just lay out to us what do each of these things sure. look like? Um, implementation, impact on patients and community, um, financial impact going forward, write-offs, all of that stuff. Yeah, my, my understanding was the 77 million was not completely capitalized because it is in our ongoing operating expense on an annual basis sure. because we're paying for uh, server space back in Malvern, Pennsylvania where our Sorian financials yeah. and clinicals run. But we're paying for staff hours. We're all in that $77 million. Right. So it's kind but of some the may be ongoing expense of what we expected. Or maybe none is capitalized. I, I would guess the capitalized amounts have probably at this point probably been depreciated even well, completely because as your CFO. <laughs> yeah, three years on IT is generally what it is and we would have bought yeah. servers and PCs and equipment up front. Mm -hmm. uh, implementation costs is a little different and that would be the professional services, so we'll have to see how that was characterized yeah. uh, from a finance perspective. Yeah. Um, I guess we could see this as, an, as a great annoyance, but it's also it's an opportunity to, sounds like we're really starting from zero uh, in a lot of ways. Not, not quite zero. We've made a lot of advancements, and, yeah. and things are better today than they were uh, in 2011 before it started. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm so not saying that. It's a just lot that of this decision on, on um, you know, on Cerner's part has, um, or Siemens' part has uh, really, you know, yeah, the, we're, we're remaking a decision in a lot of ways. Right. As we look at it, the, the reason why Cerner was able to acquire Siemens is Siemens yeah. was not delivering on the vision, right? They were not executing on yep. what they were trying to accomplish. Fabulous vision, um, some great products for what they had produced, yet the package was not complete. Mm -hmm. And that's what ultimately led to their um, Siemens' view of saying we need to jettison this as part of our business mm -hmm. because we, we are not delivering on what, what needs to for that company to be successful. Yeah. I, think uh, I was going to add to, to uh, Trustee Lawrence's questions around the process that uh, we, uh, we I, well, two things. One, for the retreat, uh, we have the list of education topics, and obviously this one is one that fits within this committee scope, so we're uh, bringing it here as sort of a, just a preliminary uh, um, update on what is going on, which is a major strategic and financial uh, imperative for the organization, but certainly we will bring this to the entire board as a broader uh, uh, yeah. uh, 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 you know, strategic item for the organization. Uh, 
And to that end, actually what we could do when we have that discussion is sort of elicit from the board a set of parameters or things that you'd like us to uh, consider balance uh, um, factor in as we proceed with the process, as well as uh, some of the, uh, um, uh, the the folks who are involved in the process that we can make sure that we take back and, and execute on as a set of understood guidelines that when we come back to you to say, you know, here's the will of the, the you know, obviously our medical staff has a huge uh, uh, bearing on, on um, uh, uh, what we do, but because the system will be all in, you know, all encompassing, it's 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 medical, it's nursing, it's it's all the clinical services, it's all the back end services and front end services, as well that we would want stakeholders to weigh in on, uh, and we would we as as um, as Dave said, we would be looking for a process where we we or a set of options that we put forward that wouldn't be outside of the parameters for which you lay out for us. I understanding too that if there's some back end sort of trade-offs that we need to bring forward to you if we if it's a you know really costly thing that uh, David doesn't feel comfortable with or we don't feel comfortable with uh, just sort of doing as an additive thing yeah. that we would bring that to you as well as here are the relative trade-offs that that we think could make this possible and then see if that works for you so I, I think we can fashion a process with your participation uh, and with your guidance I should say that then informs how we move forward internally I, I mean, there's going to be, if we invest in something as expensive as this, there's going to be other things that fall off our radar. And I think that having those discussions of what are the trade-offs we are making uh, very cl clearly in, and timely would be very helpful. So what roughly is the process? What's the timeline? I know the board involvement is important. You know, obviously, you have to involve all of the users. Um, you know, I mean, this. You know, I, I've I've been through software conversions. It's a miserable process. It's just hard, and um, it's just hard. But um, you know, but so this is going to take a while. You know, when do you hope to get to a decision? And to what extent? And how is how is the organization impacted between? You know, while we're making a decision, yeah. obviously we're still functioning. But you know, are there things that y yes? You know, are are there are there things that are not getting done, or are there problem you know that are problematic in our operations because? Yeah. So two questions in yeah. that. One, one the timeline and process. Uh, the goal is, and I think optimistically, to have something done in the first quarter to where we would bring the board mm -hmm. um, discussion over the parameters and what are those things to say okay here here's our boundaries of what we can work within and work we're not are all three vendors still in or are all three vendors not in because because one is too expensive and it needs to come out because there is no way we can ever afford to do that and if that's the case we certainly want to be transparent with all of the stakeholders to make sure they understand what those things are mm -hmm. and why <clears throat> uh, because we won't we don't want to continually ever fight the fight um, gee if you just made that a decision my life would be better forever and so that's where transparency on our decision-making process, I think, is really important in this. Um, so first quarter 2016 is where we're, we're, we're looking to bring that forward, uh, get the stakeholders engaged to, to view the products that we're presenting as the alternatives, get that feedback, and, and then work through, okay, then what does a contract look like when, once a decision is made? And that process is I am hoping that we can start the project by uh, the beginning of fiscal 17, so July 
would be a start date for us. That would be a very aggressive timeline to get through a complete contract and, and all things decided by then. And but then certainly a goal because your second question, impact, it's a big impact because mm -hmm. there are many, uh, I, I, I wanted to bring back, I, I would like to bring back next month to show you what our product application pro portfolio looks like and where we have holes. Um, just one off the top of my head to look at surgery. So we have a, a huge need in surgery to implement IT to help coordinate, organize, document, improve charging, charge capture, and the processes within the surgery department across all three acute care facilities, and that's influenced by this bigger decision because all the vendors have an OR system integrated into their system. Epic, Cerner, and Meditech all have an OR system. That's the direction we would want to go and not invest in an OR system today that we'd end up throwing away in two years. Mm -hmm. And so that's so there are big impacts to not getting this decision done to move forward because it's got that kind of impact to it. And so there's, there's not just one of those, there's several of those that are what do we do to improve this process function within the organization Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we're investing a lot of IT dollars, uh, dollars into IT that's just going to be a throwaway product. So as much as we can rent software and, and, and implement it inexpensively to improve performance in specific areas, we'd like to, that, that's kind of my view of where I'm going towards those things is, is in to, the to achieve it in that way in the interim. In the interim. Okay. Until the, the complete longer term decision is done. So you really need to bring us an interim plan as well as the long-term plan. And then, so you start, optimistically, you start implementing in July of 16. And when do you, um, I'm going to simplify this, yeah, when do you yeah. turn the on switch? Yeah, so the discussions about Big Bang, one really big, big bang, all facilities all at once, or do we do, you know, bring up San Leandro, bring up Alameda, then bring up yeah. Highland Core. Um, then bring up ambulatory. You know, that looks like about a 24-month process to do it in that step. Mm -hmm. um, it can be as short as a 12-month process. It's a big, big bang. So to build it once, implement it all at once, uh, rip off the Band-Aid, if you will, type of approach. Uh, it's really, really painful for that big go-live, but you get through it quickly and you're on the road to recovery faster from that impact. So Sorry, roughly I think speak. I wanted to sort of addendum to your response, I, I, and you probably understand this because you've done software uh, uh, conversions, but, you know, the, the, the implementation uh, would start with sort of the design of the, pro the product, so a, a pretty iterative process involving a lot of stakeholders to take what your current capabilities and processes are, mm -hmm. amend them to a new system and a, a new standard of practice, designing all that in on, on how it worked, and then working with the uh, selected vendor to build that. Uh, which is also an iterative process, and then and then once it's already been tested and all that stuff, which is the next part, then you go go live. So, so if uh, um, Dave's saying that we, at the earliest we'd like to do something in July, you know, there could be anywhere from a you know multi-month to a little over a year process of the design and build, working with three different, uh, yeah. well, five different sites that have three different uh, tools currently to align the design that will work in all those settings. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of here in, it's probably three years from now before we're really live across the system. Mm -hmm. Oh, across, yeah, across oh, the sure. system easily. Oh, easily sure. it's about three years. I think years. that's a reasonable yeah. expectation. Yeah. Which means it's at some point along there you're probably, even though you're not even live yet, you're already thinking about the next generation. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah. kind of, but not, not, 
It'll be the It'll be minor. chip under the skin that you We'll get I, Dr. McCoy. Here. I do yeah. have, um, not to put a monkey wrench in this, but I, I suppose to add another another complexity to this is, is I do think it's worthwhile that um, the staff or the board takes to the Board of Supervisors this issue that you're grappling with. Um, particularly because of, of the the implication it has throughout the entire county's hospital system, but also if in fact they there is a desire to do a more robust system like Epic, it may well be that the supervisors see the merit in that and may want to assist in writing a check for that. So I just. Yeah, I, I would add from from that perspective, Cerner does very well in the covering everything as well. As you look at the jail system, outpatient mental health, behavioral health, all, all of that fits in well with both Epic and Cerner. Both do that very well. L.A. County went with the Cerner product um, to do it there, which covers uh, all of those services. You know, beyond just what we're looking at, uh, Cerner and Epic both have those greater functionality to support all of all things that would happen throughout the county. Okay. In, in health. Okay. All right. But throughout the county, but not necessarily the Bay Area. No, right. I'm saying it differently. Well, they have the functionality to do what needs to be done throughout the other services that the county is, is providing right now that we don't, that are, that are health-related, outpatient behavioral health uh, and jail health. Yes. So right. patients from the jail come here for services, but then they go back to jail on, for their outpatient on, care. I, I, no, I, I think what Trustee Lawrence is saying, let me translate, is to the extent that a lot of the other providers in the Bay Area are already on the EPIC system. And you've said, you know, you know, we could do EPIC, but that would be a lot more expensive dollar-wise. I think what you're saying is, you know, yes. if, we, if we, you know, if we, you know, help the supervisors understand, you know, the, the, the broader implications on a timely enough basis, they may be willing to assist them fin financially. Th thank in, you in for interpreting my blabber. Yeah. I, that's exactly what my intention was. And, I, and I'm not suggesting that <laughs> we've already said. made the decision about Epic right. or any of those things. And, and you know, and I don't, I, I just think that this is such a significant issue that it, we need to involve the supervisors and the county office in that, in this conversation. And I, and I think there's value, and what I was trying to say is, I think there's value in any decision we make at having that same conversation. Okay, because there's regardless of what, what? Cerner can do that same thing and Epic can do that Perfect. same thing. So that, that is a worthwhile conversation to have around how do we really make this Correct. a community-wide okay. EHR and process. And, we, and we've, we've had some informal discussions with a couple of our let's say our safety net partners around oh, good. just okay. that. So, okay. So, yeah. okay. so you're, you're spot on. Okay. Yeah. But um, you know, a lot of the other providers have already made the decision for Epic. So even though Cerner yeah. and Epic both have similar technical capabilities, the investment, if you will, in the Bay Area has been to yes. Epic for the most part. So right, not not as much yet in the safety net uh, side of the community. There's still some question marks there. I mean, point in fact, uh, with with uh, both of these systems, they are quite costly. Um, obviously, uh, some more than others. But um, you know, when you look at uh, our systems and uh, independent hospitals, district hospitals, uh, others, uh, uh, um, 
I would say rural access, critical access hospitals as well. Uh, there is a you know a financial limit limitation to the ability to to uh, uh, invest in something like this, and so uh, there is still an opportunity for us throughout the safety net uh, of the county, both from the care delivery side and the other social service delivery side, uh, uh, to to potentially partner uh, on a solution that would be integrated and and ultimately in order to the broader. Mm -hmm. uh, mutual goals that we have. And, and just to add to your, your knowledge on this, so City and County San Francisco was also a Siemens customer uh, that's going through the same decision process. San Mateo County was also a Siemens customer going through the same decision process. So three counties in the Bay Area there are, are addressing this very same issue as we are. So if there's no other questions around that or comments. I thought I would just briefly touch on ICD-10 and where we're at. Uh, you've been getting generally weekly updates on where we're at with the process. Pretty uneventful. It's the Y2K of this decade, I think, um, because a lot of people worked really, really hard to get us there. Uh, we just didn't fall into uh, ICD-10 working well. Uh, revenue cycle did a tremendous job. The IT people did a tremendous job of making sure systems and everything was ready to go. A lot of testing was done, and our providers on getting educated on what they needed to do to be ready for ICD-10. Having said all that, uh, bills have not been paid yet. N not because they haven't been paid, it's because they haven't worked through the whole process yet. So uh, October 1st was the first ICD-10 diagnoses that were coded, and so those bills are making their way through the system to be sent out uh, in that revenue cycle, right? So we collect all the data, put it all together, send a claim out, get a claim paid, and get it back. So haven't had, none of those have come back to us yet to know. Uh, there were some initial issues with recurring patients, so patients in a therapy session that started in September that ran through October that started with an ICD-9 diagnosis to support those. You get to October 1st and we say we need an ICD-10 diagnosis. We don't have one because all we have is an ICD-9 diagnosis, so we had to work through that process uh, to make sure that worked well. Okay. And so. Have we had anyone struck by an orca whale? I know that uh, there's a code. No one harmed that, by, by flaming water skis. Uh, no, yeah, no, 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 uh, no spacecraft crashes. No. We'll let you know, though. Okay. You, you'll be the second to know. Awesome. Okay, thank you. Thank uh, Dave, you. actually, can you, I think it's worth pointing out, particularly because we do have, uh, obviously, a uh, large Medi-Cal population that the uh, state of California and a few other states uh, uh, weren't yet uh, ready to uh, uh, completely convert their side from the from the peer side uh, to ITD, ICD-10 compliant systems. So they have a sort of a, a reverse crosswalk for everybody who's now become ICD-10 on the uh, provider side. So they'll take our 10 codes, convert them back to nine, process and and, and pay them, and then uh, process and, until they get ready. So. So we're hoping that as these things work through, that you know that doesn't become a challenge. Yeah, there are uh, four states we'll that were non-compliant, so we're in the likes of uh, other states. I won't disparage any other state. Well, yeah. with that. Uh, we're just I'm speechless. It it could they, be it could be a challenge. I I, I don't. It remains yeah, to be seen. But their you know, intent we'll in the process it. was not to delay any payments. So right. that's why they built this into their plan. It, it was clear from the from the from the start that, the, that it was not going to be ready for ICD-10. So in their proposal that the vendor won actually for the state was to do this crosswalk between 10 and 9 to make sure payments were not delayed. Does that make you nervous, Mr. Cox? 
nervous about everything. So. Not anymore. <laughs> I just, I just, professional, of, I'm a professional worrier. So. Plenty of other stuff to be worried about. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's, of course, of course. Oops. There you go. Um, okay. Ready to move on? Okay, let's um, do some basic financial management. This is on pages uh, 44 and 40, actually page 46. <clears throat> I know you can't read this, but it's on page 46. Um, <clears throat> let's start with some basic <clears throat> financial management. So uh, if you look on uh, this top line right here, it says um, beginning balance presented to the board. And so these are the statements, <clears throat> the very summarized for last year that was already given to the board. And on the top, we have the income statement, or I'm sorry, the balance sheet. <clears throat> and what the balance sheet says is that we had 329 million of assets, 388 million of liabilities, <clears throat> and a fund balance of minus 59. Now, the fund balance is what I meant by net position, it's also called retained earnings. Uh, and essentially what that is is it represents <clears throat> the accumulated earnings or capitalization of the hospital since inception, which in this case is 1989. So, um, uh, and, and basically what it means is um, it, it sort of determines the ability of the organization to access credit, okay? And, and typically, you'll be able to borrow as much as you have on this line. Very simplified. But so, for example, um, if this was a, a positive $100 million, we could probably go out and borrow $100 million. Or if it's 200, we might be able to borrow $200 million. Okay, one to one. Yeah, it's um, it's right here, right there, right there. Okay, so that's the balance sheet. And the formula for the balance sheet is assets equal liabilities plus equity. Now, <clears throat> our number is minus 59 million, which means we really don't have the ability to go out and borrow money commercially. I mean, that's not completely true because we so, can borrow against receivables. Maybe we could borrow against assets that we have, but short-term. But in terms of going out and, say, issuing tax-exempt long-term bonds, it would be very difficult. So, so to put it simply, we have 59 million, at the end of the year, we had $59 million more liabilities than we had assets. That's exactly correct. So yeah. if everyone that we owed money to said and could say, hi, pay us back right now. We'd run out of money. We'd run out, we'd, we'd, we'd be $59 million short, short and therefore, yeah. you know, now that wouldn't, mm. you know, it's unlikely yeah. that would happen, but if it happened, yeah. then okay. we would run out of money and we'd say sorry and we'd, um, cash, accounts receivable, inventory, an IT system, piece of equipment, a building, chairs, tables. San Leandro Hospital. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that's what I assumed, but I just wanted okay. to Okay. Right. Not Highland Hospital. We don't own it. No. That's correct. But, <clears throat> but, but some so of the equipment in it, we do. Right. Okay. Now, on the other side of the page is the income statement. So that is the performance for the year. And in this case... What it's showing is that we've got certain amounts of patient revenue, allowances for doubtful accounts, other operating income, and then expenses. And then on the very far right, $20.824 That's the reported loss 
for the year. Okay? So on the very top right, right there, right there. 20.824 million. Yeah, okay. So that's what, uh, when we closed the books and reported in July, that's what we were looking at. So we had a, we'd lost 20.8 million, and we had a balance sheet with a negative 59 million. Okay, now, it's part of our audit procedures. One of the things we do is we go in and we start looking at things and checking the accounts and saying, can we support that entry? Is that asset really worth what we think it is? Are there other adjustments we made? So on the, on the top part of this page, and these are the, the sort of the first round of entries. And um, a lot of them are pretty minor. They're things like looking at grants and, and things like that. There's a couple that are relatively large. There's an inventory adjustment. So we went in and we counted the stock that we had on hand. And it turned out we had more than we thought we did, so we put that in. And the result of all those entries that was that we actually improved our position by $2.2 So that improved the balance sheets. So now we're only down $57 million. And the, the reported loss is only 18.6 so far. So far, so good? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize these. And then below that, we said, now there are a number of other big things that are happening that we knew about, some we knew about, some we found out about afterwards, but we, we didn't have the information at the time. Well, now we have the information. So now we have to come back and make changes. And um, I'll give you the summary, then I'll give you <coughs> this, then I'll back up a page and give you the summary entries. But the result of that <coughs> is that our fund balance, that equity, is going to decrease by $256.9 million. Okay? Now, about 169 of that is pension-related, which with a, with a bank or credit agency, you can kind of rationalize that and they'll take that out. But even without that, we're going to have significant, significantly negative equity, negative net position. So we've gotten worse. Our, our ability to access credit has gotten worse. Because? Uh, because of these entries, which I'm going to take you through. Okay, now they're listed there in detail, but I'm going to back up a page because I've summarized them. Okay? So the, the initial review, those are the ones I talked about that improved everything by about $2.2 Then we came to the big ones. Okay, the biggest is called GASB 68, okay, which is a change in accounting principles related to pensions. So uh, prior to this, <clears throat> um, and by background, you understand we have a pension plan with ACERA, which is a you know, trust fund that uh, covers the pensions for many employees, not just Alameda Health System, and it's underfunded. Okay, now prior to this, um, we did not have to report that underfunding on our balance sheet. And when we recorded pension expenses, the only thing we had to record as an, as an expense was the actual contributions that we had to make during the year. GASB 68 changes that. GASB 68 says, that members of the pension plan have to show their proportionate interest on their own balance sheets. <clears throat> now, um, uh, ACERA is underfunded, as many plans are. So it's not a, not a unique situation. Um, <clears throat> we're a certain percentage of it, uh, a relatively small percent, I think about 18 or so. But that percent is um, 
re resulting in us re needing to record a liability of $161.6 million on our balance sheet. And there's some related, I've simplified because there's some related entries to different pieces of this. The, the other thing it does is it says um, you can no longer just expense the cash you have to put in every year. What you have to do is you have to do an actual calculation uh, <clears throat> and compute the uh, pension expense, which is an accrual entry, and book that instead. Okay, and that entry happens to be about 8.3 million higher than what we have budgeted in 2016. Okay, so that's a big entry. Let's just stop there and see if there are any questions. GASB 68 has been around for a long time, so I'm not understanding. Uh, this is the year we have to actually enter it on the books. This is a year, it's been, like most accounting uh, um, <clears throat> findings and statements and rules, they, they draft it, they review it, and then they give organizations time to get ready to implement it. Now is the time we have to implement it. Huh. That's interesting because we were implementing GASB years ago. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, you can voluntarily implement it earlier, right? Probably, yeah. 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 I mean, well, yeah. usually, yeah, usually accounting rules allow you to voluntarily implement earlier, but yeah. Yeah. this is the, you you have to do it year, and so yeah, okay, we're doing it. <clears throat> so that by far is the biggest entry. Let's go, go ahead and ask more questions. So it wasn't until we had to actually, I mean, we knew that ACERA was underfunded, but we didn't know just how much it would mean for us until yeah, and that the, the, deadline. Yeah, the other reason we didn't do us. this is we didn't have the uh, actual valuation to tell us mm -hmm. what that number would be, so we would yeah. have been guessing. And, and we just we just received it from, from ACERA. And, and I suspect we, I mean, I'm guessing, but I suspect we, we knew that they were under, underfunded and probably had some... Yeah, you know, we had some notion. We get mm -hmm. reports, and we have some notion of what our yeah. share would be. But yeah. the exact, but the yeah. exact number that. Yeah, and do you, you know, had a ballpark or not at all? Like pardon me? this, these, you know, um, this magnitude. There wasn't even like a hint of, uh, or, or I mean, a ballpark given. Well, no, we knew it was going to be a big number. This is a big number. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> that being said. Let me say that the financial industry, when they look at a balance sheet, they say, oh, that's GASB 68. We realize that you have to, you're going to fund this over many, many, many years. So it's not the same as, a, you know, a bond that you have to pay next year. So they, they tend to, to pull that out. Yeah. Okay. I mean, go ahead. So is there a way in the presentation um, that... Uh, on your balance sheet. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, you know this, but is there a way to show this in some form so that we show the debt, we show the Gatsby, we show, mm -hmm. there you is, know, there and is, various, there so that we know yeah. what the operating yes, work th is. Th there is. In fact, um, a couple things are going to happen. One is there, we're going to make a change to the balance sheet, which I'll show you in a minute. Uh, the other thing is we're actually going to say a lot of this actually applies to prior years. So we're going to yeah. go back and restate 2014 
and 15. Yeah. And the effect on the um, income statement will actually, the majority of this will be treated as an extraordinary item, so you can see what the actual operating performance is. But uh, let me just show you one thing. And, and David, I just want to make one yeah. comment. Um, I, I think this is actually a good, a good thing. Um, no one else may agree with me, but I, th I think it's a good thing yeah. in that we're now getting, you know, this obligation was always ours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it was just sitting somewhere else. It was right. just, it was just sitting somewhere else, and now we're getting, you know, now we're getting reality. You know, we're, we're getting our balance sheet more realistic so that you could actually look at it and say, okay, this is more comprehensive and more representative yes. of yes. the, you know, the assets and liabilities of the organization. So I think yeah. this is a good thing. <clears throat> um, my inner, inner analyst says good. <laughs> yes, and that's the intent of this is to... It, well, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it would be nice if we had a fully funded uh, pension plan and, right. and there was no obligation. Really yeah, I, I think the, I think the, the entire, pensioners would also appreciate yes. that, but yeah. that's not the reality. The, in the most entire cases. point is to give you accurate information so you can make good decisions. Okay. Now, I'm back to this page. Um, so, um, since, since the 15th century, when the accounting, the system of accounting was created by, I think it was an Italian monk, um, assets have always equal liabilities plus equity. There have been three categories of classes of things on the balance sheet, assets, liabilities, and equity. In GASB 68, they created two more, okay? They created uh, something called a deferred outflow and something called a deferred inflow to reflect portions of this obligation. We have no idea how we're going to book this because all of the accounting like systems are set up issue, to right? three. It's just like, so, but that's what they did. You can kind of see what those are. So uh, deferred outflows are 113.6 million. Deferred inflows are 17.1 million. Okay. Just thought I'd throw that in. Thank you. The one okay. thing I don't, yeah, the, the one thing I don't like about this is the calculation of this is so complicated. It, it, it is. And you if know, anybody wants the report, I'm happy to give it to you. You need, you know, I mean, you really do need, a, you know, some highly skilled actuaries to actually figure yeah. this stuff out. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, okay. Accounting, you know, you should be able to defer accounting calculations to junior accountants no more. Okay. Not All this. Right. So let me bring this back. Okay, so now the next item also says pension, but it is not related to... Gatsby 68. This is related to the uh, pension obligation bonds that <clears throat> Alameda Health System has been paying on to the county since 1989, actually prior, I believe. Um, due, due to the way it was viewed at the time, these payments were viewed as operating expenses. Uh, my read when I'm looking at these, are, are it's, it's an obligation. It's an amount that, that the organization has agreed to pay over time. So um, in this, I'm making, and I've consulted with counsel and with auditors, we're making a change. We're going to say, no, no, it's not an operating expense. It's a debt payment. And this will play, this will play out um, when we talk, talk about the permanent agreement in a few minutes. Um, but so the effect of this is to increase the liabilities on the balance sheet because they weren't there before by 46.9 million that <clears throat> as you might expect reduces equity or fund balance but the other thing it does is it, it improves the reported operating performance 
of the organization by about $12 million a year because it's taking out something that we're treating as an expense. It's like, no, no, it's not an expense. It's this other thing. Okay? So in the prior entry where we're increasing expenses by $8 million a year for the GASB 68, now we're reducing it by 12. So we've actually picked up $4 million in that transaction, and we're more accurately, in my opinion, uh, reflecting the uh, actual obligations of the organization. Okay. Now, the next thing that happened is we just received from uh, CAPH um, their evaluation of the filed P14 cost reports. And what they've determined is that the amount that has been booked uh, for the 2012 year and 2015 year are probably over accrued by about $36.5 million. And most of this relates to 2012. So uh, even though um, this won't be audited for quite a while, I think the last year they audited was 2008. They're way, way behind on auditing. We think it's, I uh, know the state, the state audits these. Uh, we think it's appropriate to reserve for that at this point. Uh, may, maybe we'll get pleasantly surprised and collect the money or they'll get waived or something will change. The thing to keep, a, keep in mind about the P14 is it's sort of like a, a fixed pie uh, at the time, and so you, you make an estimate of what you think you're going to get, but then all the different uh, designated public hospitals file their P14, and based on that information, based on their utilization and costs, they divvy up the pie. And it could be very different than what um, was originally expected two or three years ago. So this is, yeah. Had you, as I remember before, I mean, you told us that this was likely to come. And yes. Mm -hmm. But had you, I can't remember if you had anticipated what you thought that might be. And um, I thought you had put something in the budget for that, <coughs> and it would have to be adjusted. So I can't remember. Yeah. I, we have been no. We've been uh, generally increasing. Our, we've been increasing our general reserves, so that we have something on the balance sheet not tied to any specific issue. That we said, okay, let's just have a little bit as a cushion there. But we 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 had not. Um, we didn't have this specific information. So actually, when we brought this in, we did do some offsets on the general reserves. But you may have done exactly what you say, but I think. Part of it uh, for that reserve was the anticipation of these, not, not what, yes. what amount of money was coming in for the waiver. Yes, so yes. in your anticipation, mm -hmm. is this higher than you? This is higher than I, we had prepared for. We were surprised by it. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Right. So is the only news <clears throat> that the copies are? I mean, what? <laughs> Uh, I, I just want to make sure I, I didn't miss something in translation there. So, so I, I, I heard you say you know there was there was a detail around anticipated um, uh, revenue from the waiver, and this this is account. Okay, so it was okay. So, you, and but I'm wondering if that was waiver year to date because this is as he was saying this is back in 2000. No, this is 12. 12. Oh, it was this. Okay, cool. All right. Mm. Got it, yeah. And, but obviously this is more than you mm -hmm. in your anticipation. Yeah. Of yeah, now there is an issue with the 2015 waiver about, you know, how much exactly are we going to get for that, and we've built some conservative numbers into that. So we potentially could do better for this year, but, yeah. Yeah, we, we, I, I actually believe we, we do anticipate we're going to 
end up performing better on the 15 yeah. waiver yeah. Okay. based on milestone targets. Okay, so um, the next one uh, is just sort of a general accounts receivable valuation. What we're, we're doing here is um, we're looking at the, um, the catch-up in billing for the uh, subacute unit and skilled nursing units at Alameda Hospital. We were delayed due to a um, uh, provider identification issue which has been resolved. All the bills have gone out. Um, we're now getting some some rejections. We're getting a lot of payments, but we're getting some rejections from the state. We're appealing those. We don't have any uh, uh, information on whether they're going to be successful. So between that and just general AR reviews, we'd like to bring the uh, estimate of AR down by about 4.7 million. And then uh, finally, uh, we looked at the um, claims reserves for um, uh, liabilities that we have. This is based on uh, recent information that the board provided, was provided and made a decision on. And we think it's prudent to increase, increase our reserves by some amount of money for that. So, so again, the result of all those changes would be um, <clears throat> that we'll report a uh, operating loss of about 63 million and a extraordinary loss on top of that of about 59 million. And then the equity would be reduced uh, to about 314 million negative, of which 170 is pension related. So if you take that out, it's about 140 million negative. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, what I'm looking at is um, this number right here. Okay, so this is going to be the negative retained earnings on the balance sheet, <clears throat> which is about 314 million. Uh, about 170 of that is pension related, <clears throat> which people will tend to pull out and say that's due to that one issue. Uh, and I guess what I'm saying is that no, no, Gasby, the Gasby 68 issue. Um, so the the point I'm trying to make is that uh, either way you look at it. Um, AHS has negative equity, okay? Now the implication of that is as we look forward at our strategic plan, um, the long-term financial plan, as we identify um, projects that <clears throat> the community needs or that wants us to do, like um, the San Leandro product, the Alameda Hospital project, uh, potentially expanding uh, behavioral health, maybe opening a new clinic, that's all gonna take capital. The fact that we have negative equity means it is going to be difficult for us to do that alone. We will need to probably identify a partner if, if we want to be able to do that or to get other, some, some other t source of funding to enable us to do that. A clarification on the, the three, uh, 314. Mm-hmm. It, and you made the suggestion that you were trying to take the 220 debt and move it so that it wasn't. Go back to. Do you have that slide? You. Um, no, it was the one previous. No. Uh, I'm sorry. Where you talked about the county and what you were trying to do and move the. No, David, that, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The chart, this? Um, no, no you, you, you showed, you showed the, the change. Maybe it, maybe it is on this one with the Gatsby thing, mm -hmm. uh, and I missed it. Um, 
At any rate, it was the conversation about the the debt and the operating mm -hmm. uh, budget, and you were moving that. Oh, the pension obligation bonds. Was that it? I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that so, was the prior chart. The prior, this one, right, uh, right here. Yeah. So we increased the debt by forty-six point nine million, and. So if you'll, you'll have to look on your page, but so okay, right so here, this is Okay, so how does this 314 now also deal with the county, the county debt? Um, well, the county debt is part, is part of the liabilities that are already expressed up here, and it doesn't it So doesn't it moves really down to that. the 314? No, 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 it doesn't. It's a separate issue. It really doesn't, it, it doesn't change the county debt at all. No, he said it doesn't include the county debt. Uh, well, it, it, it does. So No, no, I think, I, I'm I think what he's saying, correct me if I'm wrong, David, uh, the, the, if you look at the original number, the, the 388, and mm -hmm. then after that he's showing the different changes to it, mm -hmm. um, he's saying that that county debt in terms of the working capital loan and that debt is already reflected in the 388 and didn't, correct. didn't change. So he's not highlighting it as one of the adjustments he's, uh, that he's making. So it's already baked yeah. into the final uh, that, That's correct, yeah. Okay, that, so the 220 that, that basically owe the, the county, is that, is that the number we're using? It shifts so much. Um, no, it's, it's right now at 150. 150. Is that 150? Is that 150, yeah. yes. 150, yeah. For, the, for the, the working capital loan. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so the 150, so basically, this news that you're presenting is another 150 plus. Um, hold, hold on, hold on. I see. Um, so no. Do you, do you remember the fund balance is assets minus liabilities. Right. Right. There it is. And that number is going to move from oh, your mic. minus 59. Yeah. And that number is going to move from minus 59 to minus 314. That's correct. The county debt is of whatever that number is, yeah. 150, is just part of the liabilities. Yes, right. that's, that's correct. Part it's already in. So yeah. fund balance is assets minus liabilities. Right. Okay. County debt is just okay. the liability. <clears throat> okay. So. Gosh, I'm dumb. Okay. No, you're not. This no, is no, it's, it's, it's complicated. It, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a it's county. Not easy. It's, it's, not, it's accounting, yeah. It's just accountants. Yeah. Um, so, so David is, so, so, the, so the county debt of 150 is part of the total liabilities of 388. David, highlight 388 on your, yeah, on, on I there. See yeah, it. it's, I see uh, it. uh -huh. it's right here. Uh -huh. Okay, I see and, it. and then that liability is going to grow to $700 million with all of these changes. That's what Correct. I was looking at. There you yeah, go. Thank you. So yeah. I was trying to figure out yeah. what was, yeah. where, yeah. where the growth yeah. was. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Okay, now, thank you. That's one, yeah. thing I, one thing I would suggest here mm -hmm. um, is while we're all sitting here more or less understanding this, I could <laughs> easily see this thank becoming you. the subject of a, um, an unfriendly newspaper article. Yeah. <laughs> So we may want to be prepared for that. Right. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that. I mean, as bad as this is, it is sort of dwarfed by 
the, the impact on the county. Right. And, and, and it's actually very common. Uh, this is being rolled out everywhere across the yeah, country. Everyone's yeah. having this, but it's everybody got, so it but really hasn't been, it really hasn't been yet. picked right, but, up. But, but, but that, but that doesn't stop. That's a good point. Yeah, good yeah, point. I agree. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't need to say anymore. No, so no. you might want to right. get. Thank you, Jerry. Yes. Okay. Educated. <laughs> Duly noted. Okay. All right. Now I'd like to move to the next item, which is um, the. I, I, I bet we could even coordinate with the county on that one. Yeah, we, we've talked. Yes. About that. No, because I'm. I mean, you that's know, right. I mean, well, well, it just helps this, for a consistent. Well, there's going to be this big adjustment that, you know, anything related to the county is going to. There you occur. go. Incur. Yeah. So. Okay. Might as well be, a, you know, everyone might as well agree on what the, what the message what's is. What's going on. Yeah. That's right. Okay. All right. Now we're going to move to pages 47 and 48. <clears throat> this is dealing with the budget. And again, we're, we're actually not going to uh, present this as an action item. But the, the reasons it's here is the, the committee had asked to get a first quarter review of the budget. You know, did, yeah. we, did we miss anything? Has anything changed? And we're actually prepared to do that. Uh, and, and, you know, um, we, we looked at it, and there are, and again, I apologize about the legibility of this, but there are some things that are due to uh, new information that we have, and then some things that, that were just sort of missed, okay? But overall, we actually expect to be able to operate within the approved budget, so we really don't need to change anything. But I, I do want to give you um, uh, some information on, you know, what has occurred uh, or what variances that we're seeing. Um, so the first is that um, the, the, the revenue programs are working well, and uh, based on um, information we now have, we think that we're actually going to probably collect more in uh, patient revenue and in, in particular supplemental reimbursement. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm an art major, so... That's part of the issue here. You could have fooled us, Michelle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, you were giving us two, we were looking at two, two months. So we were looking at September, mm -hmm. July, and August. Mm -hmm. What is this? This is, this is my estimation <clears throat> of the, um, the variances of the budget for the entire year. And based on the information that you got from July and August. Yes. Well, how do you do that? I mean, you only have two months. Um, well, we get, we get information about programs that affect the entire year, and we're, we're able to estimate the impact of that for the entire year. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah okay. The, the, um, the projections in the budget were based off of a set of assumptions. Right. And then as those assumptions play out, mm -hmm. Uh, you're able to to go back and look at the full totality of that assumption and say, oh, well, this is actually going to either continue to, this now changes the the, the But it isn't of, the key word you said as the assumptions play out. Right. We've only played out two months. Right. So so there are some that, you know, won't, won't necessarily uh, uh, bear out or you can't see them until they, they fully play out. But there are some that if it's fundamentally we said X was the basis for all this occurring, and right now it's Y, and we know that Y is, is a consistent thing. It's not like contingent on subsequent months, yeah. then, then you can and, adjust accordingly. And specifically, the, the details are on uh, page 48, but specifically on revenue, <clears throat> we got a new estimate for the AB 85 rate range program that was $10.8 higher than we thought. 
Um, <clears throat> last month, the, last okay. month the, the committee saw a presentation on uh, a specialty drug program um, we've implemented. We think that's going to bring in revenue of about $3 million. And we got a better estimate for the uh, 2016 waiver of uh, $2.1 So based on that, we think we're going to do better in those areas than, uh, than we had thought. So, so, and we were a little conservative going into the budget, and that's, you know. Okay. So now I see that, you know, the last, last bullet, you say reserves are going to establish a $7 million reserve. I think you already had some reserve in the budget. Uh, no, we didn't, actually. We, we, at the end of the day, we did not have. Really? I think we might have talked about it, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, maybe it was after it went to the committee, but then we were trying to refine things, and do we get everything in that, you know, okay. we didn't actually end up with a reserve. We'd like to have a reserve. Mm -hmm. And I think we we're in a, probably in a position to do, do it now. But okay. Um, okay, then on expenses, um, uh, obviously the pension is a big issue, so we have to make an adjustment or would have to make an adjustment. <coughs> I'm sorry, before you came up, perhaps, were you talking about claims reserves? No, no, no. You weren't. You were actually talking about offer reserves. Okay, yeah. Cool. Okay. Right. Talking about. Got it. And then we have. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. you know the yes. back pocket. That's what we're talking about now. Yes. Okay, CEO's cool. reserve. Yeah. No, budget. there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Not right now. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll 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 see about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, shake down. Yeah. Okay. We'll cool. Turn you upside down. I'm good with that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Um, there were about 3.2 million of things that we essentially missed. So we've used that as a learning experience uh, inside, and we're improving our processes. But uh, again, this was the first time we did, in my experience, we did a really thorough uh, review here, um, and um, that's what it is. It is what it is. Uh, and then, as I said, the difference between those first three is is positive by about seven million dollars. So um, overall, we uh, we think we're in a good position to achieve our budget this year. I don't believe it. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, I appreciate the but, but I don't believe it. Why? Why don't you believe it? Well, because identified versus collected is a significant difference. Um, the the program that's three million dollars with the drug thing is an anticipated money that we think we're going to be able to do it. It's mm -hmm. th this, these aren't dollars that that are booked and having been on this board for three years now I have heard those things of, and it doesn't play out and so I'm not one that bets on the come I like to see the dollars there and then and then move forward I it's a fair point I, so, I, I, I think well, you know yeah. especially given your history you know I, I don't think it's 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 uh, it's unreasonable to have the skepticism, uh, and and cer certainly this would be something that we're saying that it's going to happen based off of the projection um, uh, that we had that informed the decision that we made, but mm -hmm. it still has to play out. So yeah. now we've just revised the projection based off of what we mm -hmm. uh, uh, what we expect to happen. But this is you're right. This is not a guarantee. Yeah, and I do want to make a public apology, David. I I spoke so abruptly. This is not. I mean, I know okay. you. I mean, I really, yeah. I really know you're on top of stuff. I have a great deal of confidence that you're really hammering through these things. I really believe that. Thank you. But you're not the only person in the organization, and so right. a lot of this is is right. people driven. There's, I mean, there's just too many variables for me to get excited. So, 
I don't mean to cast aspersions on you or the staff or anything else. Uh, so please understand that. It's just that the variables in life don't lead me to be positive given the history. Oh, that, that's perfectly fine. Okay. I mean, yeah. the, the so task I here, just, that's fine. The, the right. task here was for us to kind of scrub the budget after the first right. few months and tell you what we found, and this is what we found. I mean. Okay. Thank you. That's right. Yeah, Trustee Varney. Uh, well, I, I concur in that this is the third year I've been here, and in each of the third, three years I've been here, the budget has been always showing a profit, and each year we've lost significant amounts of money. And in 2015, straight up, we lost $28 million when we had projected we were going to make 6 or $7 million. So I, I um, like the Toyon report said that we got in February, there are, are – there appears to be times when this board is overly optimistic and not realistic, and I placed it on the board, not on the staff, and I think it would be a mistake to presume uh, that there's going to be any significant improvement when, in fact, I think this board felt that the budget that we adopted for the year ending June 2016 was overly optimistic. Fair point. Yeah, fair. So obviously we will we will continue to to monitor it and, and report it to you and, and you know hopefully it 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 bears out. That's certainly what we're gonna be targeting. But you're right, our operations and everything else uh, have to deliver on it uh, and and uh, bear out the assumptions that we have, uh, including things that happen in the market that Maybe things beyond our control, and we'll we'll keep you updated as that yeah. as that occurs. Yeah. So fair points. Fair. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm gonna wait. Wait. I'm gonna take a. I just want to make a comment. I'm gonna make a comment. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're looking like, oh my God, you're gonna make a comment? No, you're you're allowed to do that. Yeah, that's it's okay. No. It, so, um, um, you know, look, uh, you know, uh, the, to me, this is a forecast. You know. Mm -hmm. And this represents the, you know, I, I think I think you had said it before. You're not looking for, you know, budget relief or anything like that. This is a forecast, and and I appreciate the effort, you know. I mean, and I think that we should continue this discipline, you know. I think we should refine it, get it more granular. Um, I'm not sure we want the, you know, spreadsheet, mm -hmm. the unreadable spreadsheet, but you know, make it, you know, get it more granular, get it more refined, and as as the year progresses, we'll get more and more certain where we're at. This is a great start. And, you know, I think we should take this as, okay, management is taking a look at how we're doing right now and seems to be on track maybe a little bit better. Okay, that's good. Don't go spending the $7 million yet. I don't think you will. And let's... Well, he's already spent a quarter of a billion dollars, so we're not yeah. going to talk. Yeah, we, we know that. So, so but, but, but anyway, so, you know, keep coming back with the revised forecast. Okay. Uh, okay. But for purposes of clarity, th there's a difference in my mind when you say budget adjustment yeah. and forecast. Right. So are these things that you're putting in the budget and adjusting the budget or are these standing as forecasts? Because if they are adjustments in the budget, I have an issue. Um, we're, we're thinking that might be a useful discussion on Friday about um, 
you know, I, I can what hold is my, the do? What my is the vehemency yeah. until that point. I mean, <laughs> I, I, yeah, can you all I can but guarantee can, yeah, is that it's likely pick up where you left off. Well, it's yeah. likely to build between okay. I got three oh, days oh, here, no. so it could get <laughs> a lot yeah, worse. Yeah, so happen. just, you know, you have to think about it. It's and, it's okay. it's a question around. So, so fair point. Um, um, you should know we're not making an effort here to uh, change the budget. We would not change the budget that the board approved without the board's consent to a change yeah, to the budget. Right. Uh, there are some schools of thought around whether a board, and, and this will be for this board to opine on, uh, whether the, the, uh, the minutia behind the budget and the granularity of it is uh, as fixed as the line items within the budget so that if you said, you know, uh, let's say even if we took salaries and expenses, Right, so, so an example of this would be, let's say the salaries were gonna be $300 million and 150 million of that was nursing salaries. And we, through our refining, figured out that I actually the nursing salary was gonna be about 180 million of it, but we believe that some of that additional salary was gonna be offset by reductions in nursing assistance or something like that. So in the budget, we could say to you, uh, uh, trustees, uh, that that what that number that or the detail that comprised the 300 million or whatever figure I use as a total uh, is the same or is slightly changed, and we're going to tell you how that is and and say, do you want to? Is it your? Is this board's opinion that that level of detail requires a, an actual change in the budget uh, and and your approval to do so, or would you just rather see the variances at the end of the year that say? where, like we're doing throughout the course of the year, where we expected uh, some subset of these expenses to be in X versus Y, the reverse wasn't happening or there was some shift in them. That's essentially what we're just saying as a part of our ongoing effort to continue to uh, really closely look at what's actually occurring and bring it to your attention. In addition to, let me make sure I point out this as David did, um, uh, there were a few misses in terms of things that we didn't anticipate uh, for this year's budget. Uh, that we now do uh, anticipate to the tune of about a couple million dollars. So whether that's material or not, in a you know 800 plus or 900 plus million dollar budget, you may say, okay, fine, thanks for letting me know. I'll expect to see that at the end of the year when we look at the variances because that's we're telling you that in all mm -hmm. likelihood that will actually play out. Or you can say you can adjust the budget in those line items. That doesn't have to come to this board for approval. So that's part of the discussion we'll have on Friday, but all of this is not necessarily uh, um, uh, presented as a request to ask you to amend the budget. Yeah. Okay. okay. Just my comment for what it's worth. Um, I, like Michelle, I'm, you know, adjusting the budget, especially this early in the year, you know, that doesn't work for me. Okay. Um, now, you know, uh, again, this is one trustee. Sure. Um, you know, I, th I think that from my perspective, as long as you know management delivers, you know, kind of a top line, a bottom line, you know, capital, cash, you know, hits the agreement with the county. You know, you do that. That's wonderful. Sure. Um, you know, making a you know, unless you're going to make some, you know, unless you're considering really material changes to what goes on in between. Right. You know, I think that's why we hired management. Yes. Is to figure that out. Mm -hmm. 
but you know, yeah. within that, you can. There's plenty of room for discussion, right? But um, and transparency, and I think yeah, that, yeah, that but would I think, be one. Yeah, but but I, I think we need to keep it at a high level because otherwise, why did we hire you, yeah. sir? <laughs> Good point. Uh, just a comment. Uh, I think Jim earlier in the evening illustrated that John George has performed way above what anybody thought it would do. But at the same time, Saliandro continued to perform poorly as it has done consistently losing well over a million four uh, in the first two months of this fiscal year. So, uh, but for John George, uh, we would have lost money because Saliandro did not perform as it has not performed. So. I just think the judge on the first two months, like Michelle's saying, uh, that we're going to have a tremendous change in this, uh, this uh, vehicle is, is not uh, a safe and sound way to do it. Uh, John George will have to continue to perform in excess of what it's ever done uh, to be able to continue to cope with the def deficits created by San Leandro. So again, I think it's premature to presume the first two months are really a clear indication of what's going to happen. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, this level of granularity, though, is good for us to know. So just, as you said, like for us to know in January how that is mm -hmm. playing out and to keep um, tracking these issues will be vital. Okay. Um, now we're going to move to the uh, permanent agreement. The, the, again, this is not an action item. We're here to get educated and talk and um, get the uh, committee's input. Um, I want to talk first of all about the function of the permanent agreement. Um, basically, it's to provide liquidity. So every healthcare organization needs access to some type of liquidity because uh, healthcare is very capital intensive. It takes a lot of cash to run it. Receivables typically go 60 to 80 days. Uh, payables have to be paid right away, so it just it just takes money um, or access to cash. Um, the uh, current interim agreement expires in December, which is why we're dealing with this issue now. And uh, essentially, what happens with this agreement is that the net negative balance reduction schedule reduces the availability of liquidity through 2034, when it when under the current agreement uh, it'll end. Uh, and real, the real message there from the county, which I'll show you, is, is that, you know, currently what they're really saying is we want this to go away at some point. We want the hospital, HS, to be able to stand on its own two feet and get its own credit. Um, so what this does is it uh, provides near-term liquidity, but it says, you know, we need to prepare to stand on our own two feet. This is the, the history of it. So uh, this started back in... Uh, uh, July of 1998. Uh, you can see, actually, for the first few years, things were actually good, uh, and actually, we were in a positive position back here in uh, June 30, 2001. Uh, and then most of the growth actually happened over the next few years, and then Measure A was passed, and things were pretty stable, actually going downhill. And then we did the IT conversion. There was a big jump up in um, um, the uh, receivables. Okay, and then this is what we did over the last year. Okay, that's sort of the history of what's happened with uh, this credit facility. Um, go, go back and stay because yeah. what, is, what do you attribute that, that the huge increase in uh, two-year period? Um, <clears throat> you know, I've actually got a, a historical recap 
Um, I, I didn't really come prepared to go through the detail of it tonight, but I could. I'd be I'd be happy to put yeah. that together. Yeah, and, and again, I, I don't feel like I'm in a position to give you a a, uh, a good answer to that tonight, but I could. Why, why, um, why, why don't you? I mean, why don't you start by you know find out the answer and just write the committee, and sure. if we need to, yeah, keep going in open session, we will. Yeah, I mean, there's there was a lot going on in in the history of the organization. I, I could do that. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Yeah, okay, but I can give you a very high level report on. Um, why we have a balance, uh, and this was done uh, a month ago, so it was $137 million. Um, this is what, if you look at the reported financial statements over the life from 1999 to now, there were reported losses of um, $80 million. There's working capital requirements of $102 million. Now, that's, again, the difference between current assets and liabilities, so mostly receivables. Uh, and then the various other things having to do with supplemental reimbursement. So you add all that up together and it says, oh, this is why we owe the county $137 million. But another way to look at that is to take this number and say, well, of that, how much of that related to the pension obligation bonds? And I went back and added it up. And, and this is what the amount of money that was paid since 1989 on the pension obligation bonds and, and recorded 19... I'm sorry. I'm sure I've got the date wrong. Yeah, but when, back to inception, um, and that was treated as an expense, but it's really not an expense. It's really a debt reduction. Okay, so if we treat that as debt reduction, then actually uh, HS since inception has made sixty-four million dollars. Okay, we've made these debt payments. We've still got working capital, and we still did this. So that's why there's a debt of $137 million, primarily because of that and that. Does that help? It, it, it helps if you can show me where on that blue scale mm -hmm. did, did, that, did that blue scale on those pay, uh, is, that, is that contributing to that huge thing there? Oh, absolutely. That's, that's exactly where it happened, right there. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, right, which is why I didn't want to give an answer because, because I'd have to go back and pull it all apart and put it back together and say, and this is what I think and give you my opinion. It's not simple. Mm -hmm. They didn't wipe everything clean. 
there were things that were carried over from a previous, and, and I'm not faulting mm -hmm. the decisions they made. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to understand what this board, the boards that have come, it, what they inherited in their new governance work yes. that was held over from the previous work that is now being obligated by us to pay off. Yes. So that's what I'm trying to understand. And um, that to me is the significant conversation that we need as a board to understand and have with the county. Yeah. Like, yeah. We agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to do that too. So as, as mm -hmm. you said, this was my apologies. My apologies. Uh, we agree with you, is what I said. And so what, what we are have been trying to do is sort of uh, you know, and on successive layers, basically go back and, as best possible with the information available to us, recreate the history, and then dig into do, do for further layers of, of digging. I mean, the fact that we we found this big uh, shift between 2001 and 2004 uh, 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 allows us now to zero in on that time frame because you can see that the, the recovery hasn't actually happened since 2004. It's just been kind of bouncing along from that mm -hmm. point forward. So we can look at that part, but we really need to zero in on what was occurring during that time that, that led yeah. to that big piece. And you know, we could go back to the beginning too, but if this is an accurate picture, that's the area that we really need to hone in on to figure out what was, what, what prevent, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, led to that result. Mm -hmm. And that then can inform the discussion, we think. And I think you agree on what then do we do about that? Yeah, yes, and, you know, and what we do about it is certainly a conversation, a, a political relationship conversation. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, as a county taxpayer, uh, I recognize that whether it moves from this hospital to the county books or someplace else, it's still money that needs to be paid to right. pay the employees. So. Right. I recognize that a debt somewhere along the line needs to be needs to be taken care of. My my concern is to make certain that there is recognition that and this board needs to understand if our staff and the operations here are doing poorly, mm -hmm. then we need to hold people accountable on how they do the work. Right. If what we're doing is paying <coughs> off work that was done earlier, mm -hmm. then that needs to be clearly defined and shown not on a budget sheet that mm -hmm. seems to go to the press, it's, it, but really understand what, a, what the new governance took on and what they did versus the previous. Yeah. That, that's been yeah. my issue. Agree. And then if you, so, so, so partly to that, and again, further refining that, uh, if you go back to David's uh, uh, subsequent slide there, uh, the one with the uh, the table at the top, uh, that just getting to that question that this board has asked a couple of times, which is over the course of the time, has is it is it more accurate to say that the organization has consistently been losing money year over year, or has the organization been uh, uh, running a positive you know, uh, operation financial financial operation year over year? And I think what David is getting at here is. Uh, these pension obligation payments that were baked into basically what was reported before and not segregated out mm -hmm. as payments that we've made that sort of just re re uh, 
reflected in our net earnings, if you just look at it that way, you would think that on a cumulative basis over that time, <coughs> we've actually been operating negatively, if you just look at the first line there. But if you take out that $144 million in payments yeah. that were really debt payments, not actually you know, operations related, then cumulatively over that same time period, it shows the organization actually was running a positive operation. Mm -hmm. Now it's just a question of saying, so then, okay, we, we, if we all agree that there was a positive operation, we still all acknowledge that there's this debt here and we need to figure out where that came from and how to actually deal with it. And okay. if I could just comment, first, first of all, this is a magnificent effort in financial archeology. span <laughs> Really is. It's, it's yeah. That's what it if, is. If you could go, yeah. if you, but I. So let me recommend a, you know, at at the risk of maybe this is impossible. So it's not possible. It's not possible. Go back to the graph for a moment. So I agree with Trustee Lawrence. We we need to understand what happened from two thousand one to two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also that's that was a long time, a long time in many administrations and stuff. Yeah, but, ago, but, but the numbers are there. Yeah, so we can that would be helpful. Yeah. Go back to that. Yeah. Well, there we go. Um, the, the, the challenge or the hazard of breaking it down like that is then you can say, well, but what about, you know, what about this? What about that? For sure. example, mm -hmm. in the past few years, we've taken on, you know, several other operating, operating mm -hmm. units. Mm -hmm. What's the effect of that? Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, you know, we're getting significant sources of supplemental, supplemental revenue. Yeah, absolutely right. There that, you go. You know, so I think that to peel, you know, I think it would be helpful to sort of peel it back to get some idea of true ongoing operations. What are new oper you know, what are new or acquired operations? What's supplemental? And there's probably useful information not only on an aggregate basis like that, but year by year. You gotta do it year by year to get there anyway. But that's a tremendous amount of work that may not be yeah. that may not be doable. So yeah. I offer that as the golden dream. Um, <clears throat> but but which which may not be achievable. I, I can I can come back yeah. and, and give you my best high level Yeah. But I think the question I would ask you is what the purpose is. Well the purpose so, would be to really un really drill down and understand to be able to answer all of your questions. No, I think I think it does. My, my, my question mm -hmm. is, what is the decisions that this government, once we took over, those are our decisions, right. whether we took on new hospitals or et cetera. I'm trying to understand what we, what we took on mm -hmm. that weren't decisions by, by the AHS government. Board. I, 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 may, I might say uh, um, that what I think, uh, what, what Trustee Legionari has asked for may uh, do is uh, preemptively potentially an answer a set of questions that someone else who is looking at, you know, the history is informed not just by uh, decisions that were made internally, but uh, other sorts of things that were done externally in reaction to what was going on internally. For example, uh, the, the Measure A in 2004 uh, was done, uh, if I understand correctly from what I've been told, as a way to further support in a supplemental way the operations of the organization and the services that the county needed for the operations to be able to fund. So 
there may have been some thoughts then informing sort of the direction to do that that were uh, done with the understanding that that then would address some of the prior things. So, right. Or some of the yeah, stuff that you yeah, took off. Yeah. So, someone else may come back and say, yes, in fact, if we figure out that a big portion of that was something that yes. someone laid on to us, someone who laid it on to us may come back and say, yes, but I did all these other things to help you out. And over time, what you did wasn't necessarily mm -hmm. uh, uh, consistent with what I expected you to do. So, so I think his point is, is if we can kind of have a, a more clear picture of the, at least the bigger pieces of it, then we can have a more informed discussion but, about it. But I'll be the first one to admit, I, I think your question needs to be answered first. Yes, I think. it's a starting point. Um, and my question may be realistically impossible to answer. Not. Well, but, both are really tough, but, but I think we can get closer than where we are now. But, but to be clear, the, the, the question of at the inception of Alameda County Medical Center as a separate operating or a separate entity operating separate from the county, that's laid out in you know, the original operating agreement. And that operating agreement in terms of you know, transfer of liabilities and resumption of liabilities, uh, you know, essentially it was the operating liabilities at that particular time, but then we also exceeded to whatever accounts receivable the, that accompanied that as well too. So the, I think that the initial number just sort of reflected a point in time of what you know, essentially was on the street. You know, there are these outstanding liabilities due to operations, there are these receivables due to operations, and that's what that number is. Um, it doesn't appear that there was anything significant beyond those two items that accompanied the execution of the original operating agreement in terms of transfer. There was a separate agreement which dealt with the, the capital provision to to the benefit of the organization, but in terms of you know specific liabilities, it you know appears I think mostly to be just the operating liabilities at that particular time. So I think what you're saying is if we were to go back to that original document, that may answer an awful lot of questions. Well, it it may not answer the question in terms because the numbers aren't there. It it tells you what the categories of things are, and I right. don't know well. you know specifically what those numbers are, and if. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the ballot, or excuse me, uh, the uh, the organization's account statement with the county, you you might have some idea because I believe it was five million or six million dollars something in that neighborhood is where it starts out mm -hmm. when you go back to July of 1998, and then you can sort of watch the progression going on from there. But in terms of the agreement, it wasn't like there was you know, and ACMC will take on. X, Y, or Z. It's essentially the liabilities associated with operations. We're assuming those, the, any of the revenue associated with operations, we get that, and then well, so go forth. I've never seen that document. Shame on me for not asking for it, but maybe we should all take a peek at that. Couldn't hurt, because Trustee Barney. Well, in coming up with the figure that uh, AMS has actually earned, $64.2 million, how do we treat the 500 or $600 million that we receive from Measure A during this time period? Is that earning? we treat that as earnings? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yes. <coughs> yes. Uh, what you see in the earnings column there is the net earnings. 
So that's that's you know after uh, revenues and expenses. So so it would be so the supplementals are included in that as well. So yeah, so, so it would be there. Yeah. So it yes. includes Measure A in, in taking the position that all other we sources of revenue. Sixty-four point two million dollars over this time period. Yes. Oh, right. Yes. Right. After you account for the expenses. So you're showing Measure A's earnings. Yes. Effect. Yeah. It's a, it's a source of revenue. Yes. No, if, measure, if we don't count Measure A, we don't. We haven't earned sixty-four point two million dollars. But for Measure A, right? Remember, remember again. Yeah. That's yeah. not a. That's not uh, just the revenue. That's the earnings is the revenues after the expenses are taken out. But you're right. That you know that's a significant portion of the yeah. earnings to offset the expenses, right. and so we end right. up. That, yeah, that's I, I could break all, all that out. Yeah. yeah, and and that's and that's not. I mean, that's a condition that many, 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 maybe all. You know, hospitals of our or hospital systems of our category are in. Yeah. Uh, you mean in terms of supplemental revenue? Yeah, that that they're you know that they're fundamentally reliant on supplemental. Uh, that's revenue. right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. at its core, we we all whether we're publicly uh, or uh, not for profit uh, run people who take care of uh, a a what they call disproportionate share hospitals. Right. So. Hospitals right. that take care of a disproportionate share of indigent or uh, um, government and insured, and so yeah, we rely on federal, state, local supplemental funding to cover mm -hmm. those those right. shortfalls. Yeah, okay. and and that's why I asked you know to have a review of revenue is to you know kind of tease out and highlight that and make it make everyone aware of just how important that is mm -hmm. to us. Sure. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I notice we're getting close to time. These are the key terms in the agreement. I covered them last time. Um, <clears throat> I'd be happy to run through them quickly again. They're very pretty straightforward. So number one, we'd ratify the existing debt. We acknowledge that it ends in 2034. We establish this limit reduction schedule, which basically phases out the avail availability over time. Um, it authorizes the auditor controller to allow us to, to borrow more than the year-end target, which is called the flexible maximum. Um, <clears throat> it requires us to notify the county of any anticipated so, so, so default. Was, so number four authorizes the auditor controller to permit us to borrow more than, so for example, the end of this year, yeah. The target is 145 million, correct? Right. So, so this is the year in target and it says okay, but during the year you can go up another 50 to, to 195. 195. Yeah. Got it. That's what that yeah. does. Just want to clarify that. Okay. Uh, it, it doesn't actually change the end of the year. No, we have to be limit. at the, we it's, have to be at that yeah, end of the year. During the course now. of the year, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, then it says under number 6, we acknowledge these pension <laughs> obligation bond payments, the obligation we acknowledge the debt service obligation starting in 2019. It says we'll develop an annual strategic and operating plan, which is essentially the budget, and present it to the county. Uh, we'll make monthly reports. <clears throat> uh, it allows them to continue sweeping all of our cash under number 10, and it gives us the right to prepay, at which time the agreement would end and we could take our $23 million out. This is the schedule. It says here's the limit reduction schedule, 145, 140, 35, all the way down. Here's the flexible maximum during the year. This is the total. Hang. Um, <clears throat> oh, well, that's good too. This is what it looks like. So here's the year end target. 
Here's the amount, flexible maximum during the year. And then there's this sort of extra discretion the auditor has if Del Vecchio calls up and says, gee, we need a little bit more. Okay? Now, the point is that your CFO I want to make is, you remember earlier tonight I said, we will always need a credit facility. And it's likely going to increase, not decrease. I think we're probably going to always need something at least $100 million. Because just with the supplemental reimbursement we have and the variability in, fun, in the flow of funds and, and the potential that the government's going to change direction and all of a sudden we're missing, we're going to always need something around this amount of money, probably more. So, yes. You're going to want to have $100 million anyway. Yeah, which means once we get out to here, this particular credit facility has limited utility to us, and it's sort of a wasting asset. So around here, we're going to want to replace this anyway. So in other words, so when right we about, get to that right point, about we're here. going to need alternative sources of funding. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, let me add one other thing. One of the other things we've been talking about, kind of poking at here a little bit, is the need for more capital spending that is currently in our budget. Yes. And, and this is something that certainly I've been worried about and made comments on in public sessions several times is that the budget, I think we have a capital budget of about $30 million, and that, you know, it, it, it sounds funny, but, you know, in healthcare, you can't say hello for, 20, for $30 million anymore. Uh, so that we realistically probably need a lot more in order to provide the kind of care for our citizens that they deserve. Um, and not to, you know, beat the, um, you know, not to beat up the subject, but a perfect case in point is John George, where, mm -hmm. you know, ED is three times capacity and they're running at 99% in, uh, in the inpatient beds. We need yeah. more capacity. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and so, you know, $30 million a year, I don't think really pays your bill. That, that would just about do it. Your bill, your yeah. bill, yeah, but that <laughs> leaves nothing up. Just about, but not, in, but not entirely. So, you know, so what that does is it says, hey, look, we need to, there, there's, I think there's a lot, I think we're seeing a lot of evidence that this generosity, while extremely appreciated. Yeah, it, it's probably not going to be adequate for our needs. It's not adequate. Yeah. David, on the repayment schedule, would you, mm -hmm. would you go back? Um, uh, we're paying, we're paying interest on what part? Okay, so this is, um, I've got a, I've got, I added a slide to explain the difference between this, and it's right up here. All right. <laughs> well, this okay. is, this is for an art major. This is perfect. Yeah. This is, yeah. Okay, there's a difference between this and that. Okay, this is the debt. This is the facility. Okay, there's a difference between these two things. This one's actually moving. That one's not. It's a limit. Okay? No, this didn't do it for me. It didn't do it for me. Okay. Well, how, how about at least oh, that? That's that was No, that's pretty much it. It's, no, it's just, okay. All right. 
Hey, let let, me back let, up. Let's, let's, let's give, hey, let's, so, let's give, let's give, right, let's give this, our, our this, facts and figures this, CFO credit for trying. <laughs> this is what we pay interest on. Okay. On the, right, on the money that we are, yeah. on the cash that we use. Right now, this is, yeah, this is what we pay interest on. Okay. Okay. Uh, they take uh, the weighted average for each month and they multiply it by the current uh, yield on the Treasury, which so is 0. 0.64 every last month. Okay, so, so. For example, we start the month going 120 and the end of the month going 100. They say yeah. on average you owe 110. Yeah. Here's the, end. Here's the cost. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so yes. on the payment schedule, uh, that's based on the current interest rate? Okay, hold on. This is not a payment schedule, okay? It's not. This is a speed limit. This says, this says, this is as much as you can borrow. Now, you can borrow a lot less. We could be down here and not pay any interest, okay? Okay, so the, yeah. where are we paying? We're paying interest on what part? On this? N we're not paying interest on any of this. This says, this is how much you can borrow. Okay. You're going to pay interest on whatever you do borrow. It's the difference between a speed limit sign and the spin-off. <laughs> no, oh, you don't like it. Okay, fine. That didn't work. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, all right. Okay. Okay, do it again. Do it again. So. This is the limit. It says, um, let me see if I, I got one. I've got another right, one. Right. We can't borrow any more than that unless that the guy one. says okay. we can. All right. Here's the limit. Right. This is how much we owe. We pay interest on that, not this. Okay? Okay. That works. Okay. Okay. So we pay interest on, on that. On the red line. On the yes, red line. On the red line. And yeah. what is the interest rate and is it fixed? The answer is no. And last month it was 0.64%. Okay. So if, if in fact it, it, let's say the economy and they're talking about it now, yeah. um, the interest rates shift. Yes. How does it? it that means go. we tighten our belt. We'll uh, pay. We'll pay more interest. We'll pay more interest. Yeah. At the current rates and the current debt, we'll we'll probably pay eight hundred thousand of interest this year. Yeah. But if if it goes up, we'll pay more. Yeah. Now, now I think I'd asked this question before because I, I had the same concern because the you know. Dial back to 2007, eight short term, the federal funds rate was closing in on five percent, if I recall. Yeah. But I think what you said was that the county rate never went up that high. Uh, I don't know if I exactly said that, but uh, okay. I think it would be helpful. I, to I said they've got a very conservative investment yeah. policy, and they typically have. Very short-term rates. I'd, I'd be surprised if everyone above two percent, but it, it could be up in two percent within the. I think what would be helpful for just you know over for the board overalls we're considering this is to just get a historical sure. readout. What yeah. what has the rate been? Yeah, um, I can do that. Because you know if yeah. it if it does like let's say that the rate because I think that the the county's rate reflects in some way what the county is getting for its cash investments. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those short-term rates could go up. Let, let's say they go up to 
three percent. Mm -hmm. That would be a quintupling. So that's eight mil eight hundred thousand dollars turns into four million, mm -hmm. which is real money. We couldn't have pizza anymore, for example. Yeah, but that's that's what typically. Yeah. That's not unusual. Yeah. So I think let's just yeah. get that. Yeah. Okay. So we should yeah. have we should have that okay. that All risk right. in mind. Okay. Let's see where we are back here. Help. So we did that. No. We did that. This is the pension obligation bond. So this is the old schedule. We didn't make the 2015 payment because we couldn't. We've taken that 70 million. We've spread it out longer, but it's still 70 million dollars. And then this is Schedule C. This is the debt service payments, seven million, starting in 2019. These actually extend through the life of the bonds. I'm trying to find out how long that is, so they go longer probably than 2034. I'm sure the bonds are 30 or 40 years. But doesn't that seven million contribute to the amount, the cash flow that we have to we have to we have to get from the county? Yes, yes, absolutely. So yeah. that, that's that's my that's what I keep. Yes, it just you know it just it bothers me because I mean this is truly this is like the government college loan that you can't get out from under this thing because. Well, yeah, a, a good a good question that you're asking is you know can we in fact do this and and. Um, I'm going to put together a long-term financial plan, but I think we can probably do this, but we may not be able to do anything else. Yeah, that, that's right. And, that, so, and, and so the question is, that, is that what the county wants? It, that's exactly right. And, in fact, this payment that we are obligated to makes, makes us as th that this becomes the priority. It becomes the priority for the organization, not, mm -hmm. the, not necessarily a crisis for the health services of, our, of patients or something else that comes up. But this becomes the priority. And so we have no choice. Somebody's made this decision for us. And that bothers me. So yeah, the, the only thing that I think of is, is the pension is our people, people of the county. Now, on one hand, like not clubbing it as an expense is really important because then we separate it out and we have this is the debt that we inherited or we did and this is where our operational thing is but again when you have to look at the whole picture we inherited this but then we are getting the atr and we are getting measure a and we are getting all of these so until you see put all pieces in the puzzle that if we were on our own, we would not have been able to do what we do right now. We didn't have measure, we didn't and, have the kind and, of fiscal support of the county. So separating it out is okay. But again, I feel like on and on, if we take on the pension bond, who are the pension for? It's the, it's the employees, right? It's the staff, right? And I absolutely, I buy that argument I see an obligation that we're going to have to we're going to have to take care of. What what I what does in fact bother me is that I'm paying interest on this money. Now, not that particularly, but because it's folded into that piece, mm -hmm. I'm and then the, our revenues are swept into the county. That's true. I pay interest by sweeping in money that's sweeping back out, I'm paying interest on that. And I, I, this just, I don't either understand it 
or I'm annoyed. So I, I don't know which one it is. Well. Yeah, I was going to say they're not mutually exclusive. You know? <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're, we're done with that. Oh, wait. So yeah. could you just go back to the, yeah, that one, Howard. So back to that point. So the one question I have then mm. is, this is something for us to think about, is what you're saying, what we talked about here was, gee, going beyond, when, once that, all these lines cross $100 right million there, dollars or so. Right about there. Well, this 20, become, you know, this. It's like, mm. Then, we need something else. Then we need something else. Yeah. So, you know, one, we then need a, you know, we, we need to have a plan. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. th this yeah. still may have some utility for us, but it's, but it's suddenly, but, but if this is their only source of funding, we're in big trouble past 2025 or so. Yeah, or maybe so, earlier, yeah. So we yeah. need a plan to go along with it. Or yeah. we say, gee, maybe, maybe this trajectory isn't the right one. You know, if, if the county is going to be our sole source of financing, then this is not an agreement we can live with. One of those two. Yeah, well, we haven't completed the long-term financial planning effort, but when, when we do that, we'll identify what we think the real capital needs are, including the IT replacement. We'll put it in. Right. We'll do a projection, and I'll be able to tell you probably in January how much we need. Yeah. It, it may not line up very well with this. So I, I think so. what you might want to consider doing is, you know, to the extent you know, we're having this conversation now that we're going to need something else beyond 2025 to really function properly. Yeah. So I think we need to, management needs to come back and say, okay, this is kind, even notionally, this is what we're, this is what we need to do. We need, mm -hmm. to, we need to be in a position financially Mm -hmm. to be able to go out and get external sources of funding to mm -hmm. supplement yeah. what, you know, what, what the county is willing to provide in this contract. Right. Right. Um, which means, I think, what you are saying before is we've got to figure out how to reduce our um, net position to some level that's going to enable us to get outside secondary sources of funding. Yeah, well, maybe I wasn't clear about this, but my, my real message to you is that this organization is seriously undercapitalized. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay? It has limited ability to do things that are strategic because it is undercapitalized and probably has been from day one. Right. Yep. So, so... That's worth talking about. Yeah, so we need to talk yes. about that. But that's kind of, it's bundled up, in a sense, in yeah. this. Yeah, okay. That, um, you know... If we agree to that, then we have to also have a plan at the same time to where we say, yeah, that's not going to be an adequate source of funding past mm -hmm. 25. Therefore, here's the plan to right. get there. You know, it doesn't have to, I mean, that's a, it doesn't have to be a fully baked plan, but I think we need to have a plan so that we can say, okay. as a board, we're, yeah. you know, we're, we're making sure that there's adequate funding for this organization long term. Okay. All right. So, uh, point back when we, when we uh, uh, as we sh continue with these discussions, I mean, I I, I believe and I certainly hope um, uh, that the county does feel that you know this this clarity around what our plan would be and how our plan is influenced uh, yeah. uh, by this you know th this uh, debt agreement uh, is something that they want <coughs> us to be fully informed about and to go into this. Uh, this uh, uh, arrangement with them on because 
their our, our success pretends theirs and vice versa. So yeah, so no. I, so I, th I, I think, think we're doing the right we're doing all the right things here. I think this is a tremendously valuable conversation mm -hmm. so far. Great. Uh, I'm going to push on. Uh, the Angelica contract is very straightforward. Um, we're going to we're getting the savings now. We were delayed about four months in implementing, so the first year savings were a little less than expected. But I think we're getting what we wanted now, so we're basically happy with this agreement. Uh, and then the last thing is we have um, three contracts for approvals. I'd be happy to respond to any questions you have. Okay. Um, can we consider these as a does any trustee want to discuss any one of these separately? Then I, I move that we approve, um, I'm sorry, I'm squinting here, 5A, 5B, 5C. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. Passed. That was, this is information, you've referred to it earlier, the compliance newsletter, the hit by a spacecraft or... You know, I thought you'd enjoy that. <laughs> but my favorite was um, uh, burned by flaming water skis. It's actually a I'm sorry, burned by? Be being burned by a flaming water ski. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Fire, fire, fire. You got paid to come up with this. Yeah. yeah. It's used around the world. good jobs out there. So, okay. All right. Um, is there, are there any requests for public comment? I see. Okay. Um, any other comments from uh, management or trustees? I think it was a great meeting. Thank you. Excellent. Thank okay. You. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I move that we adjourn. Let's adjourn. Adjourned. Adjourned. <laughs>